191 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Uh, if my math is correct, again, we are... Episode 200 is like the 30th of January. So Conroe. Yeah, the weekend uh, the week after Conroe. Cool. I should probably start planning that. Yep, you definitely should. Uh, I will I will get on that at, at some point. Uh, all right. Let me show you all my stuff pulled up. I'm trying really hard to physically be still right now. You're good. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, Robert is not with us tonight. He is working. He is busy making racks and cages. So it's me and Katie. I am. Katie and I. I am physically exhausted and I'm emotionally drained, but I feel like I've had seven energy drinks today and my it, brain is going like 50 million directions. It has been a crazy week. Uh, we, uh, uh, we won. We were on a flight at the beginning of the week. We left Sunday came morning, back came back Tuesday. Tuesday, had to go out of town for a funeral to, to Washington, D.C. Um, yep. So we did that, and then we came back, and then we worked two days, and then now we're off tomorrow because we're leaving out of town early tomorrow morning to drive 11 hours to a football game to take our daughter to our, our first football game at Troy University, which is where Katie and I went to school. And it's alumni band week. And it's alumni band week, so. and, I, and I, uh, I'm supposed to be playing on the field. <laughs> I haven't even looked at routines I'm I, supposed to be doing yet. It's okay. I haven't played a trombone in 18 years since I left marching band in college, and uh, it shows. It really shows. I'll I'll pick up the color guard routine really quick, so I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, that's going to be much easier than me trying to figure out this music. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm just going to be faking it. I'm going to fake the shit on the field. It's going to look great. It'll look great, and I'll march with everybody. And Oh, fuck. Anyways, uh, so it's the two of us. Uh, we again, it's, it's been a crazy week, but we are here. Uh, let's do some sponsor stuff, Katie. Yeah, if you're looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit lsreptileracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. Yeah, there's that. Uh, then there is Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors is a small feeder and pet supply business based in San Antonio, and they regularly schedule feeder meetups around San Antonio as well as other neighboring towns and cities. They offer shipping on their feeder insects, isopods, and are working on starting shipping on their feeder rodents too, which is true. Uh, he, he was supposed to ship a box out to me tomorrow, but then I realized... We won't be here when it gets we here. We won't be here when it gets here. Yeah, no. So uh, next, good idea. next week we are going to test out the, uh, the shipping, and if it all cool. works... Uh, he'll be able to start shipping. So Lewis will be able to start shipping his awesome rodents to everyone. And we'll be home all week next week. And the, and then all of our listeners everywhere else can can probably use some sort of code or something and, and get a discount. And I haven't talked to Lewis about that yet, but um, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, but anyways, all the feeders are raised on nutritional diet that optimizes the health of the reptiles and amphibians that consume them. You will love them if you use them. They are great feeder rodents. I use them. I have all the rats in my freezer from them. Uh, they're awesome. Let's do herps shows. This weekend, November 18th and 19th, West Monroe, Louisiana. Then off to Austin, Texas, December 2nd, December 3rd. Then back to Louisiana for Slidell on December 9th and 10th. That's a pretty good size show. So if you're thinking, which show should I go to? Slidell's usually a pretty good one. It's a big one. Uh, up to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, January 13th and 14th. Then over to Longview, Texas, January 20th and 21st. And then the big show, Conroe, January 27th, 28th, my birthday weekend. And it should be the weekend before our 100th episode our 200 i keep saying 100 200 episode uh corpus christi is february 24th february 25th and then baton rouge march 2nd and march 3rd so that is your uh coming up 
Herp's Reptile Shows. Go out and check the Herp's Reptile Shows. Go to them. Uh, support your local uh, reptile breeder right now. It's it's rough for a lot of folks uh, between reptiles and dry goods. Go to a show and buy stuff. Just just please go to a show and buy something from somebody. Uh, it'll make their day. Am I forgetting somebody? I feel like, oh, VivTech. Check out VivTech and use code GUMBO22 to save 15% on any of your VivTech order. If you need LED UVB light bulbs, which will last you forever, and they're amazing, and they're great for your animals, go to VivTech products, use code GUMBO22, and save 15%. <coughs> I'm trying to think, do we need any bulbs? We're good right now. We're good on bulbs. You know why I we're good on bulbs? Good on bulbs. Because we bought them, and they last forever. Yeah, everything at school has bulbs. Everything at home has bulbs. I did have to replace heat the other day on something which was not vivtech but that's not vivtech no because it was vivtech it would last for a generation yeah or several years anyways vivtech go check them out gumbo 22 uh it'll save 15 percent i miss anything else i don't think so <sighs> i'll breathe for a second i've only been home for like 20 minutes i just shoveled food down my throat so that i wasn't starving i have not yeah well, i ate a bag of chips when i got home or the rest of a bag of chips uh so yeah so this episode will probably i'm not gonna lie it's not gonna get put out until next week because look i'm leaving tomorrow to go out of town we won't even be home till monday night yeah so and it, then we have family that's going to be here all day tuesday so wednesday will be the soonest it can get it's put fine out. people are used to me putting this stuff out later at this point and we're not recording next oh week. our giveaway for the month we have a giveaway for the month go over and check out our facebook page reptile gumbo podcast facebook page uh we're giving away well I say we're giving away Colossal Constrictors is sponsoring our giveaway for this month. Uh, they're giving away a Reptile Gumbo Podcast shirt. It's got our cool older logo on the back and the new logo on the pocket. Uh, so you can win a free shirt and we'll send you some stickers as well. So go check that out. Uh, all you got to do is go over to our page, find the link, or find the post, which is pinned at the top, and tell us what you're thankful for. Just tell us what in the hobby you are thankful for and you're entered in to win a free t-shirt. It's all you have to do. There's no and nothing else. Don't be lazy. Just go to the web, go to the Facebook page. Tell us what in the hobby you're thankful for, and you win. And then listen up for next month, because next month, Colossal Constrictors wants to do a giveaway every week of December, just like they did last week, or last year. My words aren't working. Last year, so pay attention That's for That's awesome for, like, Christmas presents, or, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you win it and you want to keep it for yourself, we won't judge you at all. No, I would totally keep everything for myself. Um, But, like, if you are a listener who maybe has no need for anything like that, and you win it, it could make a great gift for somebody that you know that does need it. Go check that out. I'm almost done Christmas shopping, but I know a lot of people haven't even started. Oh, you know what I just realized uh, before we got on here? Because I went in the snake room when I was looking around. Uh, there may be baby snakes when we get back. Are you fucking kidding me right now? I don't know when the Sambo is due, but uh, she recently pooped. Like, and it's and she pooped. It's, I can smell it, which normally I can't smell Sambo poop. If you're not watching this live and you can't see my face, I'm really <laughs> sorry that you're missing uh, out on this opportunity. And then she's laying on her side and she is fat. So, yeah, the. There could be babies when we get back. Oh my God. So there is that. Anyways, Joyce, I, sh I shipped out a baby yesterday. It made it nice and safe today. Hey, was, why don't you bring our, our guest? I know. I was just saying. I, I shipped just a, I sold a snake patient. to a listener and I was super happy. I'm proud of you. Leave me alone. I sent them stickers and everything. I was very nice. <laughs> Anyways, I, I bring in our guest. Oh, our guest tonight <laughs> is Ed Camara. Kamara. 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 Oh, I knew it was going to be wrong. <laughs> Kamara from Kamara Outdoors. How's it going, Ed? How's it going, man? It's, I like to say it's been pretty good lately, but, you know, a lot of family stuff. I say but, we were uh, both talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, 
you know, life's good with the animals. Uh, we're winding down pretty good um, with, you know, my season. So I get a nice probably four or five month break. <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk about what you keep, and then uh, let's talk about your season because because uh, like for me, I don't. I don't have seasons. I just, I run straight through and everything yeah. has heat. And I so know. I was like, what does the outdoors and your name mean? <laughs> well, we can get to that too. It's, so let's talk about what you have and, and, and we'll get to one of the reasons why we're having you on. Cause it's one of, one of our favorite animals. We just don't own one and we never will because we know uh, it doesn't fit our lifestyle, but we totally, totally want one. Uh, but yeah. what, what do you keep? Uh, so I keep a wide range um, right now. Uh, my main one, I've always been a turtle guy. So that's my niche turtles. Um, so I mainly keep those. Um, but I do now when I do my educational programs, now I have like a wild, a wild that's where the wide range kind of comes into play. Um, but my main niche is uh, Diamondback Terrapins. I knew that's what he was going to say. I knew too because I knew because it had I didn't know. I, I, I'm a horrible co-host. I did not know anything about what you did. He may have told me. But I did. I totally been, did. There's been a lot going on in the last week, and I don't remember anything other than having to reschedule with you multiple times because of craziness going on on both sides. Yeah. And oh, I love Diamondback Terrapin so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, I've been working with them probably for almost the past like 13 years. Um, so they're, they're my main bread and butter. That's the only species I actually keep and breed. Um, because I'm actually one of the only actually legit, you know, consecutive, consistent U.S. breeders in the country right now that offer them to the public because there's really not too many of them. And even the people that, you know, used to do it, you know, beyond me, you know, they're not even doing a whole lot of it, you know. So I got I'm paying, trying to pick up the slack, you know, because <laughs> these guys aren't on the radar at all. And my main goal is to get these guys on the radar a little bit more because they're you can't have the most beautiful turtle in the world right now. And no one even know about them unfortunately for us not only do they not fit our lifestyle which i would desperately want one we can't legally own them here in texas nope yeah so, yeah they they had a little bit of um a gray area but then you know they now shaded they that in out. now here's a question yeah. is it one of those things where we can't legally own it unless we get a permit no no no, no. we can't legally like, own it there's not even a permit system. yeah so can't. there used there used to be a permit but it was even a permit system was a gray area um, you know, and, and even that gray area, it classified as having to have not the native species. So you couldn't own the uh, Gulf Coast species. So you technically could have owned something outside of the range, like a northern concentric or something like that. But uh, now they've actually kind of went back to the basics this past year or two, I think. And it's full blown. Yeah. So there's, that's the only unfortunate thing about the Diamondback Terrapins. And it's fortunate and unfortunate thing that, um, you know, because I worked with uh, Florida with uh, Daniel Parker with USARC Florida um, uh, last year and pretty heavily and trying to get this, um, uh, the Terrapins actually on the list to be able to actually get, you know, work with FWC a little bit to be like, Hey, you know, if we have legitimate breeders, you know, if it's only captive born, you know, and stuff like that and have like legitimate protocols and procedures, they didn't really want to hear any of that, <laughs> you know. So a lot of the coastal states have a lot of regulations, unfortunately. Well, the problem is with, and we've talked about it on our show before, is that the people that have to enforce the rule, the laws, the the wild the people, the game wardens, and all, they don't know anything about them. So so it doesn't matter what diamondback terrapin species you have; they're all the same thing. And so, yeah. in order to to squash any issues there, it's an outright you can't own it. 
Yeah, they just want to do a blanket because it's easier for them to just do that rather than having to, you know, okay, this one has spots, this one has flashes. What does this mean? What does that mean? Well, I mean, no one wants to see all the different localities of them. And, and the thing about them is no matter what range they're in, they're always ones that look totally off the wall that are always – that's the reason I love these guys because there's not any other turtles really or even a lot of many species out there that not only has seven different subspecies within its own species – let alone every one of them look different. Yeah. You know, and then just it's only you you think of a ball python comes from a ball python, right? And then all these genes kind of come from it. But then you got one species, but seven different classified all look different. Like, can you imagine? That's why my mind, like, you know, and even before I fell in love with them, I you know, from a breeding standpoint, I just like, I don't know. It's it's easy to fall in love with them, especially because they have such a crazy personality. Um they're they're a different level like just like there's different levels in the reptile world of lizards monitors or snakes like there's just different levels and i think diamondback terrapins are pretty much at one of those top level tiers of they have the personality they have the beauty to match all of it when i i used to work at uh, alexandria zoo in louisiana and we had three of them and uh, <clears throat> and i don't know we, we don't we didn't have any history on them or subspecies or anything but i know that we had one that was super pretty it was uh light blue like light tan shell um but light blue skin and and spotted and all super pretty and then i had uh, another male and female that were much darker um but man that light colored with the light blue skin is just awesome looking what what state are you based out of where am i based out of yeah ohio oh okay yeah, so I'm a little bit in 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 you know in state you know country, so I don't have to really worry about any yeah. of that stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, I mainly there's two subspecies. I've worked with all of them. Um, I've crossed. I've checked the list on all of them, uh, other than the um, uh, Tequesta, which is kind of a little bit more rare. But a lot of people kind of write that one off because there's really not a whole lot of difference with it, other than uh, the Gulf Coast. But um, I've worked with just about all of them, other than that one. And the main two I work with are more, mainly the Gulf Coast species. Right now, the Texan, uh, Louisiana, which would be classified where you're at, yeah. Texas, Louisiana, Florida, Mississippi, Gulf Coast, and then the uh, concentrics. Because um, I like to work with that blue, yeah. that blue phase as well. So I'm incorporating the blue phase in a life. You see a lot of my posts, like I love that blue phase, that kind of crystal, you know. They, uh, yeah, it, it, it sucks they can't be owned here. But I mean, I get it. But I mean, for something that has such a wide range, it's crazy. You know, there, we have several animals, several reptile species in this country that I'm always amazed when you look at the range of them. Something like, uh, we've talked about before, like timber rattlesnakes. You know, timber rattlesnakes from like Pennsylvania all the way to Texas, right? You can find them, or at least Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the Diamondback Terrapin all the way down pretty much to the Atlantic coast and then all the way across the Gulf Coast. Um, such a huge range. And even the Keys. Yeah. Even the Key West has their own, um, you know, subspecies, which is the most rarity of them all and you know but it's it's also a shame like you said because you know me me and a couple of my buddies you know that have been breeding it for you know a a good long time we don't see this as just breeding them and you know because we love it we see it as we have an obligation to the species because like the ornates and the mangroves and all the ones down in florida that now that no one's allowed to own um, who's doing a lot of conservation work for it? Who's getting a lot of, who's doing something about it to where, you know, there's not a lot of funding at all going into them for the conservation route yeah. because not a lot of people know about them. So you want to ban it, which is okay. You know, that's on, that's, that's not okay, but it's like, if that's your preference, but what are you going to do to buffer that mitigation? If you're not allowed to keep them 
right? So like we feel it as an obligation, some of us to be like, you know, if we don't continue these genes and these um, subspecies, you know, it's only a matter of time before Florida, like the mangrove species and the Key West and ornates between, you know, hurricanes and displacement and, you know, and all this other stuff going on with the, you know, you know the uh, red tide and all that stuff, it's wiping them out and it's shifting them even up more to where they're not really locality is interbreeding. So it's like, it's not going to be too long to where it's going to be, they're not going to be either there or they're going to be the, the, just the genes are just not going to be as pure. So we feel it as an obligation just to keep the legacy of these guys on, whether it's in a captive standpoint or, or a pet standpoint, because my main dream and vision is to get these guys and donate them um, to many different uh, zoos and sanctuaries, because, you know, that's where the question popped up to why I even told you <laughs> if yeah. you want to, <laughs> well, well yeah we'll That's get to that really one. awesome though. um well and it's it's tricky captive breeding is important because you know uh i think we've talked about a few dumps on here before but the, several years back there was a guy in new jersey new york the one that uh was supposedly a big time breeder of diamondback terrapins and then come to find out he was just going dave, out and catching dave summer yeah I think, yeah dave summer yeah he, he was in pa and he was driving yeah. That's right. he, he was, was the only one he was he was the only one on fauna and king snake posting them for dirt cheap oh yeah a lot of us got some of them and you know it didn't take too long before you know we knew something was up yeah he uh <laughs> for those that don't know he he caught gravid females brought them in and from my understanding gave them shots of pitocin which is the same stuff that will cause a woman to go into labor they would lay the eggs and then he could let the females go um but he it was i think when they went to bust them you know he had a house full of babies and and no breeding adults no pears or nothing a uh, bunch of eggs and babies, and so they put a. They actually put a. They actually put a tracking device on his truck and his vehicle to really? find out where he was going. Yeah, and find out where he was going to see in his driving route. And uh, but it's not hard to sell, tell. Hard to say. You know, when we used to buy from him, you'd buy one or two, and dirt cheap. But then you get them, and then one would die within a week or two for no reason. And then you contact him and be like, "Hey, man, this happened." Then he'll send you two or three more just because. You yeah. know, the hush hush thing. He's like, he didn't care that he wasn't producing them, you know. So it's like, you know, I take pride in mind if something happens to him, but like, you know, A, you're not going to have that. B, we're going to find out what happened and what's going on. And I'm just not going to just, you know, pawn them off, you know, just like they're, uh, uh, you know, uh, just a product, you know. Yeah, that, that whole thing was, it was just a crazy story. Um, and, and I will and say the only good thing that came with that is that people got to know about him. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, it's just, you know. it's, you know, it's funny because, you know, he, he was in the hobby for a long time, accepted as this guy that's breeding Diamondback Terrapins and, and come to find out he wasn't breeding a single one of them. And, uh, and, and then stuff like that is what causes more regulation and legislation to come down that keeps people from being able to own them. Cause that's why we have trust issues that right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, you know, but that's why, you know, I, I, I said it in a, in a, in my mindset a long time ago, my motive part a long time ago, realizing like, you're not going to be able to stop the bad apples, Yeah, but you can drown, but you can drown them out by doing it the best professional, positive professional outlook that you can do yourself. You know, about how many do you think you produce, uh, regularly? So I have quite a few adults, but the thing with mine is they, they go on a seasonal kind of yearly cycle and I let them too, because I don't do it full time. I don't want to do it full time. Yeah. And because I have all my other stuff I got going on because, but I want to keep them in their lane of like, Hey, look, I love you so much where whatever, if you do or don't produce for me, it's okay. 
you know, I'm not going to dictate how I take care of you and, and all this stuff. So, but I usually average around, cause I go for quality things, you know? So like my thing is like, I selectively breed all my terrapins for certain things I'm looking for. And that I'm trying to progress to rather than every year, just like the same thing over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to dial it in. So I'm very selective. So I actually don't produce a whole lot which is fine by me because I take a lot of pride in selling each individual one by a basis of talking and communicating with each individual. Um, So I usually produce anywhere between 40, 50, maybe a couple plus. I have now I, that's not, what's not, that's that's not saying that I can't produce up to a hundred plus. Those low numbers, like 40 to 50 seems like so many to me. So, I mean, you're getting, well, just for instance, you know, to put it in perspective, my big mama, who, if you've seen any of my posts, I've had her since a baby, since the size of a quarter that I got off Craigslist for like 40 bucks. And she looked like a piece of dirt. Now she's one of the most beautiful. Well, guess what? She produced, she double or triple clutches for me every year. So she, and she, the one year she had 15, the second clutch she had 12 and the last one she had like 10 and all within a matter of about a month and a month and a half. So Jeez. that's one female's potential. Um, she's done that for me a few times, mostly always double clutches at least. So that's a potential for each one of my females that I can have. Um, so, but then again, you know, I'm, I don't, <laughs> we're, looking, we're looking at <laughs> pictures and videos and stuff on, on your, on your Facebook. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> they're, it's but they're like... like big puppy. If you look at all my videos, they're just big puppy, man. They really are. We're going to retire somewhere that's not Texas. and So we can have them. Then we'll get Diamondback Terrapins. That'll be our <laughs> retirement gift to ourselves. <laughs> I do well, love them. And yeah, most people get them because they're more, of an, they're more of an ornamental species. You know, that's why they're so popular overseas. And that's why the people that's been doing it, the pioneers in the hobby that's been doing it longer than I have, like 20 plus years, they, you know, either got their CITES or connections where they ship all, all the good ones overseas, which is okay, you know, fine by me, fine by a couple of us, be like, you know, that's, but that, and we also see it leaves an open market, for, you know, there's a whole big supply and demand here yeah. that's being untouched. Because, but the problem also with that is, is that they've been doing this for 20 plus years where their genes are so kind of outrageous and overseas is producing some crazy integrates that aren't even actually purebred. So where some of these people that are going to Instagram and Facebook and seeing these people overseas and what they're producing, they're like, I want that. And we're like, not realistic <laughs> for one, you know, it's like not to say we can't, they just got, they got scientists working for them. You know what I'm saying? So That's it's like, crazy. <laughs> they got a whole leg up on top of a leg up and, you know, so, so many but things we care, I disposal. care about our species. Well, oh yeah, like as long as we're not eating them, we're good. That's the other problem with turtles going overseas. Is no, not, no, not, no, not not when. Well, not when you're spending twenty five yeah. plus k on you know individuals. You know, some of these are going for twenty five. You know, the mangroves at one point were going for fifty k a pair. Jesus, that's crazy. So what does a? I don't even More know. I mean, not that I can't pumps. buy one here, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, but <laughs> what what does your average? Ba- I know it's not really an average because it's such a wide range. But your average baby go for. Mine usually goes for no less than five hundred. Okay. Um, four four fifty usually if it has a little bit of quirks or a, a split scoot, um, you know. But some of mine can, so you know. <laughs> it's but some of mine can even range all the way up to over two k, you know, depending on. And there's nothing the that gene. we can do like as educators to get a permit to have these, no. like nothing. No. 
Te- Texas is, you know, it's almost like with the alligator snap. It's almost like the alligator snap turtles down there, man. It's it's, which is you know, if you care about oh. your species, you know. Oh, speaking of, I'm fixing to get us off on a tangent, and I apologize. What is going on <laughs> with alligator snapping turtles and poaching or something? Like, I got an email from yeah, hold on, U.S. I don't know if it was U.S. Arc or if it was it Reptiles on Magazine. Because it depends because we came yeah, from Louisiana. Oh, here it is. It was Reptiles Magazine. It says Texas doubles the reward for alligator snapping yeah. turtle poaching tips. Yeah, but see. yeah, it's been going on for a while. I've worked with like Carl Franklin and stuff and talked to him and a lot of those guys down there. And that's why they've been doing a lot of surveys down there for quite some time in preparation for this kind of stuff, you know, in protection or realities for them. You, know? you just drive two hours east i say wasn't there a hunting season and, there no you can get them you just have a fishing license you can get two a day per vehicle yeah louis louisiana there is no and it's 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 probably a matter of time before louisiana kind of follows suit but louisiana is nope. one of the only states they will, for either dieback terrapins or alley or sand patrols that they're just kind of like still open season so i can tell you why as someone who lived there for 14 years uh and it's gonna it's messed up but and i don't know this is a fact because i don't do it but they taste good, and as well, long that as that and a lot, and I found out a lot of my buddies, it's a lifestyle. For oh them. yes, oh yeah, yes. messing with people's families and Co- livelihood. Co- you know? Don't don't you take know, food so. away from coon asses. That is their food. They, they are going to eat a turtle. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. When I worked at the zoo, I got yeah. told so many times about how they wanted to eat my animals every time I was out there feeding them and taking care of them. Uh, yeah. So they will not they will not be put on a list until it is too late and they are gone. That is when they will be put yeah. on a list. Once someone can't find them to eat them anymore, but yeah, alligator salmon turtles, unfortunately, and, and it, it, it is crazy because every state has passed some sort of regulation on on alligator snapping turtles, except for Louisiana. Like, no, nope, they still taste good. So get so this. you can have two a day. So according to this article, yeah. there were eleven point six million dollars in funds raised from the TPWD conservation license plate program. Mm-hmm. And normally the reward when you call in if it if the person's convicted, it's a thousand dollars. They've been able to double that. So it's now two thousand dollars to an anonymous caller who helps convict a turtle poacher. Now is that I wonder if that's just that's, alligator snappers. For conviction. Because I, I bet you can still eat common snappers. I bet they're still this is everything in here just says alligator snapping turtles. Yeah. Because yeah. we stopped one day in the road to, to grab that common snapper, but a guy had gotten to it before us and he was going to get it and he was definitely taking it home to eat it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But yeah. And that's the only thing is, you know, is that there I, is a lot of conservation effort for them, which is great. But, you know, to ban it, I don't know. You know, it's just, it's no different than, you know, if I see the Diamondback Terrapins and, they, you know, Florida finally do something about it or anywhere else. Like, you see Chris Leone, you know, the, you know, we, I love him and him and his wife. We had him on our last podcast. And, like, if stuff was implemented for other species, like, and we were allowed to do that, like we mentioned to even um, FWC in Florida, that's going to be – that could be pivotal for having good quality – future genes and longevity yeah. for species like you know what they're doing is they're letting them nest and letting them do their nitro cycle and then you know incubate them letting them you know however they need to do it and then releasing them like that way they have a continual and then on top of that they're giving get they're getting the community so actively involved that it's it's natural for them to not to swerve or just even stop for a turtle and relocate it because they care so much rather than it just be like just something you know in the way you know, it's 
it's tricky. I wish in a lot of and it's, it's a double-edged sword. I wish that in a lot of conservation efforts, they would allow the private sector to help more. But the problem is, once the private sector helps with something, that puts a value on it. And once there's a value on something, people want to make money. Yeah. And the, if it's in the private sector... So, like, I love Louisiana pine snakes. I've got a pair of them. I don't know if I'll ever breed them. But I know there are people that can hold that have them in captivity that could breed them much better than some of the places that are trying to breed to save them. But... They're not part of the program, so they don't count and they can't do it, right? And so I wish they could. But at the same time, if once that happens, they're like, yes, the private sector could, then it would become, all right, well, I'm breeding them to release them, but then they're just going to turn around and sell them instead of release them. Like, oh, I didn't get any eggs this year, but now I've got a big fat bank account. Well that, well, that and, well, that and I feel like also sometimes if they, from a from a state government, whatever kind of sector, I feel like if they give a little bit of leniency or leadway of like from a private sector that sometimes some at least and maybe from some people's perspective it if they're in that slight sector they're like man we're like we're giving some control over to who are they you know yeah. what i'm saying like you know it comes to power right it comes down to power right well and it's also you know, so it's like when it gets to a lot of it if uh you don't have letters behind your name you don't obviously know what you're talking about even though you may be able to breed it better than any phd or anything else yeah some, yeah, some of these guys in a the hobby like you know rusty reed that turtle man in indiana that's you know He's my mentor. He's been working for allig- with alligator snapper turtles, you know, for 40 plus years. That's, you know, that's, who, that's, I look to people like that to learn and glean from not Google and all this other stuff, like anything I, I want to work with and I'm not passionate about, I find who's been pioneering before me. You know, a lot of those people you don't know because they're just, they're pioneers oh, yeah. for us, but, but like who else knows about them, you know? Um, so I, I didn't even realize that. <clears throat> I guess because I just assumed since we're so close to Louisiana that they would be as plentiful here as they are there. Well, no, they're okay. So, so then when I saw that, it was like it's poaching. Not, it's I not that like, they're whoa. It's not that there were there's uh, there's definitely less than it used to be, and there's definitely less big ones. But there's still a lot out there. It's just that every other state except for Louisiana is like, hey, we should probably do something before they go to away. Save them. Yeah. And Louisiana is the only one that's like, nah, we're we're still gonna put them in a soup. <laughs> So it sucks, yeah. but it's where yeah. we're at. Eggs and all. Yes. <laughs> I mean, whole thing. <laughs> oh. but, but yeah. So that's, but I mean, I feel like, you know, they've, they, we, we haven't even scratched the surface. I know even after a long, how long I've been doing it, we haven't even scratched the surface on the potential of them. And uh, my main mission and goal is to get them a little bit more mainstream and to keep the, and not only just mainstream, but keep the uh, value of them up, you know, without you know kind of going around a route you know luckily there's only a few of us to where we can kind of police ourselves in yeah. that matter but um you know dave summers and some of these other people trying to undercut no you know just try to you know be professional positive you know and um just keep the value up on them because i'm not gonna lie you know i don't care if you can afford one or not it's like can you afford the care and, and put just as much in the enclosure if not more in the setup yeah you just throw it in a 10 gallon tank and put a light on top of it you're good <laughs> And uh, it's, it's, it's a turtle, it's, so it won't get any bigger than its tank, right? That's uh. Well, and that's the thing is like even if we <laughs> even if we lived somewhere where we could legally have one, we both know it doesn't fit our lifestyle right now. Yeah, well, and and the thing is, you know, about that is a lot of people I have that um they come to me and they're like, oh, I'd love one, but man, the maintenance. 
<laughs> it's like no one, you know, they don't water, you know, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. You know? smells, I wish I, so I, bad. I say it all the time to my buddy, you know, my, one of my best friends, uh, JK Terrapins that does it too. And I'm like, man, why do we have to pick turtles? Why, why, yeah. why, you know, but it's like, I wouldn't have any other way either, but it's just like, you look in my garage and my setups and I have, I mean, it's, it's like a sanctuary paradise and just the water flowing. And I'm like, but it is a lot of manual labor because i actually take all my adults out and all my babies and all my grow outs and all my juveniles all of them and feed them in individual setups oh, wow. and containers by myself because i so, i saw on your website you <laughs> you use waterland tubs for a lot of your stuff right yeah so i'm yeah i'm the mid-east distributor waterland tub yeah. distributor over here too and not yeah they're 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 clean man you know it's almost like you can't reinvent the wheel on these some people can try but it's like you know as much as if you see one of my pictures that corner slot i made a big monster corner slot it has like 1600 pounds of sand monster nest box with a 300 gallon ramp that's great put a lot of time and resources and people are like yeah i can just make something okay that's fine but how much time resources and how much i i spent on that you know was more than just buying a large waterland tub that was just as long just as big and it just was clean slick and cl- kind of plug and play you know so well, when i worked at the zoo i had um i had them order me two waterland tubs because every now we bring things in for the winter and we have some small alligators that have to come in we had some amazon river turtles that would have to come in for the winter and so i kept them in waterland tubs and i love those things i mean those those canister filters get nasty with you know four amazon river turtles in there uh but it is a great way to set them up it's just filtration that's that's the only thing if anybody wants to keep a turtle your biggest thing is as far as my experience is filtration yeah i'm a back terrapins there's a couple key elements that kind of not set them apart but they're a little bit more sensitive too and then that's filtration and water temperature is a big one um you know we hinted on, you know, when I tell people, when I set, when I want to set them up with a hatchling, the big, there's a couple of key elements to where you want to mimic their natural, um, you know, lifestyle and how they're going to live. And it's actually, you know, I tell people, most people think, okay, set up a basking platform, water and, you know, light and they're good. It's actually not the case. Um, especially for diamondback terrapins to where if you look at their natural lifestyle from a beginning where the, they're not most baby turtles. You're not going to see basking. Yeah. And the reason for that is because they're easy to pick off. While diamondback terrapins, if you look at you know where they where their lifestyle is or where they live and the ecosystem and environment, they're going from the estuaries and lagoons, meeting you know the salt water and the rivers and, and stuff like that. To where you have a lot of tidal racks and you know the beaches and kind of all that stuff. To where you know they're they're spending most of their time you know, in the seaweed beds and, you know, where, you know, where they can kind of hide and kind of just, you know, find, you know, pick off little bugs and stuff, you know, just to kind of live their first year or so of life to get um, some size. Well, that's how I mimic, uh, I tell people to mimic the baby, the, their setup. And it's super simple. People want to actually spend all this money at these pet stores and get something that's crap. Yeah. And when I say, look, the, your basic setup, get, uh, 28 quart like mixing tub for tractor supply it's not too deep has more surface area tons of fake plastic plants are key because that's their mimic thing they want to feel comfortable secure and hiding and if you know two three inches of water depending on how big they are to where they don't get tired of swimming they can latch onto the plants and then a stand-up you know 
filter, which wouldn't be, you know, you know, cheap. And then a submersible heater, keep that between 80 and 82, 83 degrees, keep the metabolism going. And, um, it's, and then actually I never, I don't ask, I don't offer a basking platform or anything like that. And almost to the first year, because what happens is when they go up on those basking platforms as babies, they tend to always dry themselves out gotcha. and then they dehydrate. And they, that's why you see, I've had people come back to me like a week later after buying them when I give them the rundown and they're like, man, my baby's like scratching his eyeballs and just looks a little bit off. I said, okay, well, let me show me your setup. Sure enough, it's not going to be what I tell them. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those dinky, you know, platform you know, and they buy it, you know, at the stores and like it's drying itself out. So what you're I saying is say, I can't. Okay, I can't use the old school small plastic dish with the little ramp and the palm tree in the middle of it. That's not going to work for them. No. And oh, okay. not, more... not ethically. No. <laughs> one more time for all the chameleon people. What kind of plants do you use again? Oh, yeah. So plastic. I, so I have plastic plants back here for my chameleon. And God, the chameleon groups tore me apart for having plastic plants. They're like, your animal's so going to die. I'm like, yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah. And guess what? I'll even go one step further. My favorite one is the fake bamboo plastic plants so <laughs> you're what, what you don't care it? about your animals ed and you're gonna kill them you're a horrible <laughs> person and everyone needs to know how many people can get how many people can go uh, man, man mangroves you know yeah. it's like that's 100 percent what people told so. us when we got our chameleon and we posted a that up he hadn't died like, yet he's gonna die i'm like uh what no they're like it's it's gonna leach yeah. poisons into i'm like what are you talking about yeah Insane. well and that's the thing you know it's like and that's the thing about, you know, it's the hobby. It's like, you know, I'm not saying my way is the is the only way because there's multiple different ways. It's oh, a yeah. preference in your lifestyle, everyone, how you can do it and what you can, as long as the animal has everything it needs and more so, it's almost like, you know, it's just, but me, I have, I'm a breeder of these. So I have an obligation to where I know what works for my line or my animals Mm -hmm. you can implement it someone else's but i have an obligation to set you up right with what i know works try true after that as long as it's grown and you put it in whatever you know something you know but it's just other than like you know i'm not going to tell another one of my buddies that does it a completely other way that you're wrong your way is the wrong way because he feeds all of his animals in the tubs yeah i don't like that I don't do that. It's more convenient. And I might throw some pellets in there, you know, throughout the week sporadically, but for my main food and dude, these, my, my animals eat shrimp, fish. I'm cutting up shrimp and fish on two, three day weekly basis during season. And these guys are eating like Kings with the females, you know, <laughs> and it's, you know, my wife's, you know, it's me all the time. Like these animals eat better than we do, you know, but, uh, but that's, I love that because what happens is if you'll notice, so, you know, not then this is not my way or you know anyone else's way but like you'll notice i tell people that say one of my buddies he 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 feeds inside the enclosure right and one thing i've noticed that he's i've gotten animals from him right that are like juveniles a year a year and a half old so they got four or five inches of growth well what happens is i get this i got you know this animal and what happens you pick it up and the mouths get gaping open and this thing will bite you i'm like we're gonna we're gonna fix this (laughs) If you notice, like I do my pro, my reptile programs and even my uh, reptile shows, I can grab any one of my Diamondback Terrapins in my rack system or, or anywhere else, and I can put them, any one of them together, 
and I will not have a nipping or a biting or aggression issue. You know why? Because you don't I socialize. Yeah. I social, I socialize and I handle on a daily basis. There's only so much you can do from a handling basis of turtles, right? You can't play with them, but what you can do is be that consistency of handling to where like I have some in the feeding tub before I came in on here right now to where I pick them up, put them in the container, let them feed. But by me consistently picking them up, they get used to the handling, right? So not one of my animals, you'll see open their mouth, out of aggression and they might not be mean but you know that's just a natural reflex and instinct for yeah, them right they don't that, have well, they, probably, just feeding. they also probably don't pull themselves straight into the shell scared every time you no, come in to pick them no. up no they're just yeah. like okay what's up business as usual okay let's go let's go eat let's go this let's go that and it, they, it's like they're yeah they also don't associate you picking them up with oh i'm about to get fed whereas if you're feeding in a container that could be a concern. Well, they know they're getting moved. If they don't, they're also not con- looking at you as, oh, I'm about to get eaten, which is really their, their right. natural instinct. You're not the predator. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, yeah, when they're babies, you know, actually, I tell people I have a lot of issues with people. And don't get me wrong. I had to find out this, you know, to be able to implement. I have a lot of people that, yeah, you want to feed a baby turtle in a container because I tell them, you know, I always encourage to feed in a separate container. But then, excuse me, they want to feed in the container and then they want to go like this. <laughs> and hover over and hover over and, no no and and i don't knock them because i would too i want to hover over yeah. and i want to watch it walk or eat nine times out of ten they're they might not mine i try to get to the point where by the time you get one of mine they will when the moment they hit the water but me the way if you see you know on any of my videos i have them in separate individual slots in the rack system in uh, it's almost I consider it's like a tackle box, and I get them socialized and eating on their own before I implement them, you know, together to eat. But they they feel they're they don't like people being like watched and hovered over, and 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 so actually what I'll do is I'll feed, I'll throw all the food in, and I'll just close and I'll walk away, and I'll walk away for you know 10, 15, 20 minutes and let them do their thing, and let them do it and, and trust that they're eating. Well, right? it's they're, funny that you that you mentioned that we so we have a three-toed eastern box turtle in my classroom she's uh her name's alice she's one of our class pets and we took her out the other day we every friday we do this thing called fun friday and if they have all of their work completed and they haven't gotten any like negative issues throughout the week then they get to participate and so last week we had a lot that didn't get their work done they were just being lazy and so my coworker was like didn't you say you wanted to take some animals out and I was like, you really want me to do that when I have half of our kids that are going to participate? She goes, yes, because next week they're going to get their stuff done. And I was like, all right, cool. So she took the the kids that had to work and I took about 22 of them. And we went and made like a big circle in an, an area outside of the room. And the box turtle just got to explore in the circle. And she wanted nothing to do with any food in the circle, which is very unlike her. Normally she's all about like eating and all that fun stuff. The second we put her back in her cage, she walked over to her tray to start munching on what was there. But she was just having so much fun being out and about. And she's super, super personable because I have fourth graders that are always in her cage space on the other side of her window. And they're the ones that take care of her. So we're constantly in and out of the cage to spray her down and change her water. And also I think box turtles and diamondback terrapins are two of the turtles that like, when you look at their face, it's different than looking at like a, a red ear slider. 
Like there seems to be well, more yeah. going on there. And it may just be the shape of their face because it's very different than other turtles. Their eyes are very different. Oh, no. I 100% because Alice has favorites. She has certain students. I actually, one of the kids I taught last year in third grade, and he looped with me. And he will go, it doesn't matter where his assigned reading spot is, he will end up next to her cage and he will read to her when it's independent reading time. Like he shows her the pictures in the book and everything. Like he'll read it and then he'll turn it to her and tell her about what's on the page. It's the most precious thing. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it comes down with lifestyle. And she comes right? to, she will come to whatever side of the cage he's on when he comes to the cage. The other kids, she does not do that for. She 100% does it for him. I actually had to use her as a, a behavior thing. He, he was having a day where he was off and I don't know what made me say it, but finally I said, look, if you want to hang out with Alice today, you got to get it together or you don't get to go over by her cage today. And he got it together real quick. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like my terrapins. You go up to the, the all mine. It's like they come up and not actually. I mean, yeah, they think they're going to get fed, but they're not out there mouth gaping open like snapping, snapping, snapping. Yeah. No, they're coming oh, yeah. up and I'm on whether it's underneath, whether it's on top. I mean, I can pet them, do whatever I want, mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, the moment they see a piece of shrimp, then you got to know. <laughs> then that's a whole nother story because a lot of people like I don't I feed mine specifically that that kind of stuff for breeding purposes and for bulking before brumation because mine brumate yeah to where i want that kind of stuff and they the only problem is like i tell people i said oh i want to give them this i want to give them this and i'm like okay that's great you can give them maybe once a week a treat but but the problem is all these animals get, they can get so quickly associated to the treat as their main source and then they'll deviate from their main source of food so I'm like, hey, keep them on those pellets. I use Missouri aquatic oral food. You know, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm a big advocate for those. And, you know, but mine, I, you know, I'm for breeding. But a lot of people, I'm like, hey, just keep the treats minimal, you know, just because I've had one shut down, you know, and I had to get them back on, you know, pellets. So they're they're pretty sensitive one, too in that aspect. Well, another benefit to feeding them in a separate container, we talked about the water thing. It keeps your water cleaner oh, longer. Oh, I mean, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you should see. I mean, they defecate. They do all that stuff. They do all their business while they're eating. Yeah. So you're gonna. They, they are messy, messy. And they tear eaters. stuff up. I mean, like it's not like, oh, here's a piece oh. of shrimp, and they're just gonna go, oh, I'll eat just this nice little piece of shrimp. They're gonna tear it up and claw no. at it, and it's gonna end up all over the place. It's like, dude, like if I've seen the water on a daily basis, if I took this computer over into what the water looks like now, <laughs> 20 minutes ago, you're gonna be like, that would have been in my enclosure, and I'm like. So what what is a what is a ten minute kind of inconvenience to do that in my aspect? And I I have three little ones. I have I have you know I have a busy schedule and you know, but I still make time to do it because yeah. in the long haul, you know my filter and all that stuff. You know that I do three times, you know what my enclosure is, you know for filtration, and still you know it still takes you know a while you know for them to you know that filter i need to change you know so yeah tur turtle poop is know. gross it's just it's, it's just nasty it's a it's a gross poop I, I will i will say i will say dude now that i have had to increase my collection deviating from turtles i kind of now like love my turtle realm even <laughs> more so because i'm not i'm not walking into my snake um snake out outbuilding because my wife still doesn't want snakes inside i'm going out to my, my outbuilding i'm like who did it 
my god, I always you know, know. what I'm saying. It's, my... it's, but it's not like, but it's not like, but it's not like the turtles where it's like some are definitely smell it unless if it... <laughs> some are definitely worse than others. I will say, my corn col- snakes colubrid, colubrids are gross. They they uh, hog noses are the worst. Uh, boas tend to be not as bad. They just have large poops if you get a full grown boa, but it tends to not be as bad. We also have a corn snake in my classroom, and we when we walked in the other day. One of the kids was like, oh, my God, what's that smell? And one of my because I have about 10 kids that looped up with me last year from yeah. third grade. And so it was like, Luna just went to the bathroom. It's cool. We'll clean it. It'll go away in a minute. Like Totally just yeah. chill about the rancid yeah. smell coming from our classroom. Yeah, the beard, the beardies are pretty. Raunchy. Oh, beardies are raw. Oh, that is a gross one. I'm like, that I'm is. like, and they're the only ones that are inside my house. Other than the tortoises. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like, yo. Oh, beardeds are bad. They are. Uh, sulcatas. So other than that, sulcatas are just—it's massive. Like for for just the size. Like if I were to show someone the size of like my medium sulcata poop, they would assume that's a 200-pound tortoise. Like oh, it's just easy. that that easy. turd does not seem to be the right size out of what it came out of. Mm-mm. Dude, now that I'm into, because I like to work with stuff that's outside the box. If people don't probably realize that now, like. Because like even when I do my programs and my educational programs, I'm like, I need this. I need to work with stuff that's gonna make me a child every time I pull this thing out and yeah. work with it, right, and see it. So if you notice what I work with with the monster alligator snapper turtles, you know, don't get me started on the green anacondas. You know, I got <laughs> I got that big now big female green annie, and the poops are massive. You oh know? yeah. But uh, but I like to just work with things outside the box. You know, I'm building up my black dragon and. Things like that to where I'm like, they're just, they're off the wall to where I can bring in seven, eight animals to a program rather than 20 that you might see off the street or in a pet store. I'm like, I can wow you, you know, and that's kind of like my main goal with that, you know. Well, you own two of Katie's three favorite tortoises, our favorite turtles. Uh, so you've got Diamondback Terrapins, you've got Alligator Stafford Turtles, and if you had, uh, I do love, if you had I Sea Turtles, she'd be, she'd be sold, but. Well, and that's the thing. I worked at the Toledo Zoo because even if you go to the zoo, and that, that hints on the other question that why, you know, why I picked that question is that I worked at the Toledo Zoo and I loved it there, dude. I, I mean, my wife's from there. So, like, that's why I worked there when we lived there um, a couple years ago. But then you realized you wanted to make money and a living and that being a zookeeper won't do it. Yeah. And, you know, it just, uh, I just, I just knew that, um, I have, I have that entrepreneur kind of mindset to where, you know, it worked out all in the end. Don't get me wrong. But like, I just found like my niche, even like I'll tell people and say, you know, get an education, get experience, get all this stuff, get knowledge. But like, ultimately, if you, if you can, it's not too cliche right now to pave your own way. Like the, the Toledo Zoo, I absolutely love it. Um, you know, you know, obviously pay, you know, it is what it is, but like they had, they had a sea turtle and it was amazing. How many zoos have sea turtles? Right. Yeah. But that's where I, I was, I thought about them like down back terrapins. Like, how do you, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, facilities, they only have like, you know, mud turtles and just, you know, not a whole yeah. lot of variety that are like, wow. Like if you have a diamond back terrapin, you know, I don't care who you are, that's going to highlight to you and spotlight to you. And you're going to remember that. So like, that's my main goal. But like even coming back, you know, back to my, that's why I started doing my programs because I realized coming back where I'm from in Youngstown, Ohio, there's really not a whole lot. You know, you got Cleveland Zoo, Akron, they're all pretty high commutes and not really making a whole lot. I'm like, I got, you know, family. And then it turns out that uh, knowing people in the Board of Education, they're like, you know, after COVID, they're like, 
not a lot of people get to experience zoos here, let alone, yeah. you know, in, you know, have the uh, financial, you know, and just all this, you know, a lot of people, it's not a high priority. Right. Um, and it's, but it's, it's a lot easier for them to just hear, here's a check and bring in animals that, you know, 90% of these kids, it never fails. 90% of these kids have never even seen or witnessed or experienced these animals, let alone what I'm bringing in, you know, and it's just, it's a, it's a heart tugger every time I do it, you know, cause I'm where I'm, where I'm from. It's, um, it's, you know, inner city and these kids, it, it, it really impacts them, man. I want to come, I want to come back to the education stuff in a little bit, but let's go ahead and hit up the two questions. Uh, I, I did them separate, but we asked two questions. This first one we've kind of asked before on here, but we get tons of new listeners and some people's favorite reptile and amphibian changes. So the question was, what has been your favorite reptile slash amphibian you have seen at a zoo slash wildlife facility and why? So I'm going to go through several of them and then we can kind of put our two cents in. Although I will, I will not lie. It was very hard for me to, to answer this question. I, I got to thinking about it and I, well, we'll discuss it in a minute. But uh, our buddy Jason Miloradovich over at Top Line Constrictor says there's a ton, but I always like the Matamatas. Matamatas are always a cool one. Um, yeah. And he also said the first time he saw a Fiji iguana, which the first time I saw one was not that long ago because now the Houston Zoo has one. Uh, and I think it's freaking amazing seeing them. Uh, Fiji banded iguanas are great. That's another, another legality thing that I think is bullshit. We should be allowed to own them. But whatever. <laughs> if Canada can own them, we can own them. I'm just saying – uh, we should be allowed to have them. Um, I see our friend Megan said Cayman lizards. I always love seeing Cayman lizards, especially in the right setup. And then she said uh, Santa Catalina rattlesnakes, which are a cool little rattlesnake uh, with their non-rattling tails. Uh, Kate Summer said American uh, mountain kings at her local zoo. Their natural coloration, in her opinion, is the most beautiful of the king snakes. And seeing representation of her local wildlife uh, feels like inspires non-hurt people to get interested in conservation of local species. That's true. I think you need to show people what they have in their area. I'm always a fan of that. Mike Cameron said, the Garrels at St. Augustine Alligator Farm. That is an awesome place. St. If anybody is in that area, gets to go to Florida, go to St. Augustine Alligator Farm. And it's not an alligator farm, so like, don't go there and go, oh, no, it's an, it's not. It's a zoo. It's a zoo that just has a weird name from the 1920s, and it's stuck. So go there. The Garrels there are they are a massive crocodilian. I don't think people understand how big a Garriel gets. It's a huge crocodilian. Uh, yeah, the you. Cleveland Zoo has one, and I'm like, it's just like, it's great. Anything it? that makes you, anything that brings you back prehistoric mindset, yeah, you know, you got something. <laughs> just, oh, that's so impressive. Uh, Jason Creek Moore said sea turtles. Pretty sure uh, it was a hawk's bill. I saw quite a few years ago. I know for Katie, those are cool. Seeing sea turtles in person was we've talked about before. She cried. That's beautiful. Um, she cried at our wedding. She cried at sea turtles. I did cry a little bit. Um, our buddy Carl England said, <laughs> "Thank you very much, what? Sam. Your dad says you always shit yourself when you see komodos in a zoo, and it—he's not wrong. Because they're fucking amazing. That's I mean, point. sea turtles are up there, man. Ironically, the next one was Carl England, who said komodos at the Atlanta Zoo <laughs> uh, was his favorite. Uh, our friend Tracy Renee said the came lizards at the Nashville Zoo because they have a badass enclosure. I'm not gonna lie, I've, I've interviewed there before, and I've been behind the scenes, and I've been to that zoo several times just as a, a visitor." They have the best Cayman uh, lizard exhibit I've ever seen. It's a massive aquarium, half land with branches out over it, huge lights. I mean, it's huge. It's the way, it's the reason I don't own a Cayman lizard as much as I would love one because that is the setup you need for a Cayman lizard. They are not a put it in a tank or a cage kind of animal. It's a, it's quite That's a setup. That's the reason why I don't have one because, you know, I'll talk about outside the box and I'm like, 
you know, if I can't, if I know realistically, you know, that's where people get in trouble too. It's like, if you don't think you can realistically do that, then wait, yeah. you know, be patient, you know, and don't just because you can buy one, just because you can buy one doesn't mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, they're, they're a big lizard. They take a huge setup and you can't just put them in a four by two by two cage. I mean, you could, don't get me wrong. You probably could. And because it's a reptile, it'll probably survive because they're bulletproof. But it has to really be half land, half water. And then it can't just be, oh, I've got a big enough water dish for it to lay in. That's not how it works with them. Um, then you're talking about something that also needs to eat a diet of like snails and all these other things that aren't just, here's some lettuce, yeah. be happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I agree, Tracy. Those The Cayman Lizard at the Nashville Zoo are amazing. Uh, Laura Vinsel said Komodo dragons. So again, Komodo dragon. giant tortoises like Aldabras and Galops. I, that is the one thing I do miss from working at a zoo is my giant tortoises working with Aldabras and Galapagos tortoises. Yeah. That's another one. They are a very personable reptile. Um, they're awesome. Uh, our friend Danielle said green mambas and gaboon vipers. Well, I always love seeing gaboon vipers. It's my favorite venomous snake. The where? Mm, yeah, same here. Where? Um, mm, the rhino viper. I was at DC this weekend. It was the DC zoo. I we could, everything well, is, we couldn't see it. All we could see was like three inches of its back, but it, it was blue. And then I, so we play this game when gorgeous. we go to zoo. When we go to zoos and a reptile house is uh, it was green. That was blue. So. Uh, we cover up the nameplates. And he I, says we we don't play this game. James plays. Who, 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 cover, who covered up the nameplates? Katie covered the nameplates yeah. for you. That was so all she. Did. We cover the nameplates, and then I have to guess what it is by looking at the animal without looking at a nameplate. He and does it with our daughter. I do. Um, but that one, was, I, I was pretty impressed with myself. All I saw was about three inches of body inside in the shaded green tree. I was impressed. And I got I got rhino viper, so I'm just saying it's pretty good. Uh, but gaboons are, are, yeah. are my far favorite. Yeah, that's definitely one of mine. I mean, I would love to – I've worked with Venomous and done animal handling with Venomous back in college and stuff like that. I love it, but part of me is also, you know, like if I, I like to – really work with the animal hands-on yeah you can't do that with those you can't, well, with that. So you can't or, responsibly or, do that with 10 those. out of 10 does not recommend yeah and it's like you know you know from edge if i was doing like training or venomous specific it has to be for some specific then yeah you know then it would have a, a meaning and a purpose you know but you know i don't think my wife would <laughs> Uh, oh, I don't know if that's Robert or somebody else, but it says the Fort Worth Zoo has them. They're talking about the gargoyles. That's the one where you can sit inside the uh, restaurant and eat, or the little snack area and eat. And one whole wall is the gargoyle exhibit, like the water. That was fun. And the gargoyle come up like right up next to the glass, and you're eye to eye with them. That is an awesome one. Well, you should see um, you, uh, and this is a way outside of Boston, but uh, you know. I love Toledo Zoo because they have their own reptile house, but I love the Toledo Zoo even more so because they have one of the largest captive um, saltwater crocodiles in captivity right now. His name is Baru. Um, last time I checked, he was 1,500 pounds. I think he's about set over 17 plus feet, 17 and a half maybe. Um, he came with him, shipped over from know, somewhere Australia or something like that. Yeah, I think, Indonesia. He was yeah, he was eating cattle and stuff. Uh oh, you froze on us. Or did we? Yeah, he oh, he go. is a because. I'm sorry, and it was funny because like you know they the one thing I said because I even worked security there too, and they're like you know you had to check, you know everything behind the scenes and at night and do not go by his enclosure. We've had people <laughs> the flashlight and he bang, dang, you know on the talk about talk about on you know. <laughs> crap in your pants pretty easily 
I remember the first time I saw a saltwater croc in person was St. Augustine Alligator Farm. We went there on our anniversary. And uh, again, our honeymoon. That's there what you I mean. go. Our honeymoon. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bus with teeth. Like, I don't think people understand how big that thing is. Like, you know, I, I think people watch crocodiles and alligators on, on TV and they don't grasp it. Like, I want to go to Africa and see those because those Niles that you always see eating giraffe or uh, giraffe, eating zebras, they're massive. Like, I know they kind of look big on TV, but I know in person they're going to be huge. And so seeing a saltwater croc at St. Augustine in person, it's a massive animal that you just don't think exists on Earth. Uh, and then they also have their previous one stuffed. Like, they had a massive one that died, and you can go inside the building and stand next to them. I mean, the head is like from from snout to neck. You're talking, you're it's like four about foot. Lake, you're talking about legit. You're talking about legit Lake Placid stuff. Yeah. Know? Yes. <laughs> well, and it was funny. They Such the, a good the story behind when they went over to <laughs> when they went over to get the one in St. Augustine. Uh, they went to a, a crocodile farm over there, and they saw this massive male. And they're like, "Hey, we want that male." And they made a deal, and they paid for it. And they said there was a female swimming around with the male. And they said, all right, we want that female. And the female ended up being like three or four times as much as the male. And they're like, yeah, she makes money. The, the male, they're like, yeah, you can have the male. We can get another male. Yeah. She lays eggs. Uh, so they ended up buying the female too with her and brought them over. But they are just huge animals. Um, and they, they, they are impressive. But even even more so is hippos. like Because they, they have the hippos over in Toledo Zoo too. And I'm like, I've seen them firsthand up close and they feed they just throw pumpkins and they just, oh, just smash the pump it's like and they and i've seen i just seen a video just the other day and it was a funny meme video but this hippos just walking in on shore into this water and these crocs are just scattering oh like, yeah you know, you know who's the boss here and it's like <laughs> it's like it's crazy man you know the, the cycle and you know food chain you know my favorite thing with hippos is there's a there's a picture you can find it's a it's an artist rendering of an animal, and it shows you this weird-looking animal, and you're like, what the hell is that? And it's the rendering from the skull, and they show you the skull, and you're like, that's crazy. And then they show you the actual animal, and it's a hippo, and you're like, yeah, we would totally get that wrong if we just found that in the ground and dug it up and went, this is what it looks like. Oh, 100%. Like, we would never have gotten that right. So you just look at dinosaurs, and you're like, how wrong are we with about the, how the fat and everything else fits on the body? Because you can't look at a hippo skull and go, that's a hippo. That's how they look. I mean, I think people yeah, underestimate how far those tusks go back. They're just massive. Uh, my my yeah, dad said, uh, we we're talking about the boom viper. So when I first moved uh, to the zoo where I worked at, I moved from Alabama to, Ella, to Louisiana. And he said he remembers questioning my, my director for like 30 minutes on their gaboon bite, uh, bite protocol <laughs> before I started working there, uh, which was pretty much a don't get bit. That was our protocol was don't get bit. Scary stuff. Because <laughs> we didn't we didn't have anti, we didn't have anti venom <laughs> at the time. They have it now. But my rule is don't get bit, apparently. So you mentioned earlier that you do program. I'm sorry. We're not, not there dead. yet. <gasps> Calm down, Katie. Calm down, ma'am. thought we were there. Ma'am. I know I, have, I, know, I know I have a lot of different outlets. We're an hour so. in, ma'am. Ma'am, calm down. Move your shit. Let's go. Uh, you're the one that got sidetracked earlier. Anyways, Ryan Gosnell said Komodo dragons and crocodilians are his favorite to see. Uh, there's a picture he took of the Komodos at Chester Zoo. Uh, Joe Smith said Komodo dragons. Jared Dole said Komodo dragons and Galapagos tortoises. Jason Brumley said Chinese alligators. I love Chinese alligators. I used to work with one. I agree. They are great to see. Uh, I think that they are better than American alligators. I know I don't say that usually about like American animal. But they're, they're better than American alligators. Chinese alligators are awesome. Uh, uh, Eleniana said an adult healthy breeding trio of Mellor's chameleons was the coolest thing she's seen. 
And then Aaron King said, giant Galapagos tortoises. Which, again, Galops are great. It, I, I personally like Aldabras over Galapagos tortoises in my experience. Oh. I, I found Aldabras to be more personable than Galops, but that was the animals I worked with. Could have just been them. So, ooh. yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what we had at um, the Toledo Zoo. They had that, they had that a wide range. I mean, they had that, they had um, the Galops and they, uh, they just got Komodos in and, you know, I just, I mean, I had to do the checks at night and you're seeing, you go by the Aldabras and it's, this thing's like, I mean, I don't even know. It's just size of a oh, yeah. freaking, you know, our, tr- you know, hood of a car, you know. And our I'm big like... one weighed 500 pounds and did whatever he wanted on his schedule. And so, like, yeah, well, it... it's it's funny. Yeah, dude, they had one and it actually they had an enclosure outside and they had those. I mean, the posts in the ground like this, you know, f- to keep it in. Yeah. It's funny that I guess the one night it pushed and it somehow got out like it pushed those other if they want to they can get through a lot of stuff they when you see a lot of them in cages and stuff at zoos they're choosing to be in that spot yeah and dude like and the the guy who was security working security that night uh (laughs) didn't know it got out he sees this giant shadow of this giant tortoise (laughs) (laughs) moving along there's moving along the zoo and it's like and a lot of times those security guys, bless their hearts, are not, not animal, animal people. people. Like they're <laughs> literally there because they're security people. So they don't know what to do when that happens. Call someone it's, and it's go the other, opposite direction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I used to, it was funny. There were many times I left work late, especially like this time of year where it starts to get cool at night. So tortoises go out during the day and then you have to bring them in and lock them up at night. There were many times I left work late this time of year because I'd get over there like, all right, it's time to get him in. And he's like, nah, not going to do it. And if he's 500 pounds, you just got to wait till he feels like going inside. You can kind of convince him and do some things yeah. to convince him. But there's no like, let me just pick this thing up and move it. So I got an email today yeah. from SeaWorld in San Antonio. Yep. I was going to say Austin and I was like, not that's it. not right. Um, they are getting ready to add a Galapagos tortoise exhibit. That's cool, I guess. And I thought I mean, we have one here. Oh, I know we do. I just thought that was interesting that that's what they're bringing to SeaWorld next. So, so that was the favorite reptile. So let's, let's see. Ed, what is your favorite reptile or amphibian you've seen at a zoo that you like to see? Well, I was so kind of basing upon what they, what they, <clears throat> obviously I, I leaned to that question because I want to see more diamondback terrapins at zoos. Um, well, we'll get we'll get to the we'll, we'll talk about the I one would, about things we want to see, but things that you have seen. I, would, I said probably the thing that I have seen would have to be. Um, oh, man. I'm going to have to go with probably the saltwater croc um, it's just because of the sheer impre- just because it was just the sheer impressiveness yeah. of it. Um, um, just and you just not a lot of people can like actually give that kind of animal like a, what it needs you know that's why you don't see anything to that sheer mass in any other zoo yeah. you know and it, so it's you know it's just not a something you can just have you know so they they think they did it right with the attraction on that one so <laughs> see my, my list is always different i don't know i i, I really love seeing fiji banded iguanas this year because i'd never seen them before but i'm not going to say they're the most entertaining reptile to see at a zoo 
but they are cool in a country where we can't own them. In a country where we can own a lot of stuff, including crocodiles, you can't own a Fiji banded iguana. So I just looked through pictures from when we were at the National Zoo on Monday, Sunday? Yeah. Sunday. And uh, the only thing I took pictures of was the hingeback tortoise. They were cool. They were, they were cool. But I'm like, obviously, if it was something that struck my fancy, I took a picture of it. So I'm like, what did I take pictures of on Sunday? I took pictures of those yeah. and the um, Arapaima. Oh, Arapaima are amazing. Yeah. But uh, as far as reptiles go, let's see. Uh, I always love seeing, I, I agree with Tracy, the Cayman lizard setup at Nashville is great. I, I will go with Nile, or uh, saltwater crocs are just uh, impressive size-wise. That's cool. And you know what I really like? I really like the outside Komodo dragon exhibit at the Houston Zoo. I don't. Really? Because it's not a it's not a Komodo dragon exhibit, right? Maybe. Oh, it's, it's, that's true. It's, it's a nineteen sixties bear exhibit. Yeah. That now houses a Komodo dragon in the warmer months. I always months. think it's cool to like find him wherever. It is, is. cool that I. But I, I get that it's I, not a realistic. I will agree. I do like habitat. I do like outdoor Komodo exhibits. I love outdoor Komodo exhibits far more than I like indoor reptile house Komodo exhibits. Yeah, and I don't really like. I'm like, if it's naturalistic, that's awesome. But I also just want it to look cool. Yeah. So that was just cool because it, it it is out in the grass and there's trees and there's stuff and it hides. But I would like to see a Komodo specific exhibit. I think that would be neat. Yeah. All right. So speaking of that, yeah. The other question: What is one reptile or amphibian you've never seen on display, uh, and would like to, and why? So this one got some more interesting answers. So things that people. This is all kinds of stuff I'm gonna have to Google because I don't know what it is. <laughs> this one's pretty jeweled lacertas. Uh, Jason Creekmore said jeweled lacertas are intelligent, active, come from a countryside that looks like it could be in a backyard. Is that Jewel... a snake? Is nope, that a lizard? They're, they're a lizard. They're a pretty colorful, yeah. uh, small to medium sized lizard. Okay. Medium size. I mean, they're not a, not a big one. They're actually on my radar. They're actually on my radar to try to keep because I've seen a. You know, because they're easy to, you know, manage, manageable size wise, but they're beautiful and the personality to match, you know, I yeah. guess, you know, for a personality wise. So I'm like, man, I forget who it was that reads them. Um, I forget the guy's name on Instagram, but he, when you find people that find their niche and they breed them and does it the right way, it almost intrigues your curiosity even more about the species. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, I agree. I, forget. I, uh, one, one thing I did see at the DC zoo this weekend that, I don't think most people would look at it and go, that's really cool. But was a plated lizard. So Those are cool. normally well, normally I see in the hobby you see Sudan plated lizards and they're very drab. They're all they're all imports and they're very drab brown or whatever. You're this right. one, I am. This one was super colorful on its back, nice and thick and healthy looking, which is why when I first saw it, I was like, I don't know what the hell this thing is. Because I've never seen that one. I've never seen one colorful and pretty and healthy. Yeah, I didn't get to take a picture of that one though because the family that was coming up behind us was taking up all kinds of space. I yeah. did want to take a picture of that one, but that was a really pretty one. Um, so going back to things people want to see, uh, Cade Summer said neotropical rattlesnakes. I've seen several of those at zoos. You can there's zoos that have those. Those are around, uh, but they are a pretty one. Uh, Jason Milaravich, everybody, Jason Milaravich said Borneo earless monitors. Which are cool. I'd like to see one in person, uh, even though they're not technically supposed to be here legally, but they are. Uh, they're they're a cool lizard that looks like it should be a salamander, but it's not. It's a lizard. So yeah. that'd be a cool one to see in person. Uh, Ryan Gosso said King Cobras. Uh, he's always want to see one in person, but hasn't. I've, I've seen lots of them. Uh, we have one here at the zoo in Houston. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I know New Orleans has a huge one. I've seen there before. That's a zoo I haven't been to in a while. New Orleans? It's been a hot minute. Because it's expensive, and they're very proud of their zoo. Uh, our friend April Justine said Memphis Zoo has one, so they're out there. Uh, but Ryan's also in an, another country, so uh, it may be a little harder for him to find one. Where That's at. true. That's true. I forgot about that. Uh, Darren Watson said Cape Coral Cobras because they're beautiful snakes with spectacular markings. Uh, they're a cobra in a manageable package uh, with only a few venomous reptiles I would consider owning. Yeah, okay. We're not going with what you want to buy, Darren. It's what you want to see at the zoos. Come on, man. Answer the question. Uh, Max Hicks said dragon snakes. That'd be cool, but Max has seen dragon snakes in the wild. So, like, I get you like to see them in a zoo, but you've seen them in the wild, Max. You're cheating. You, you've taken pictures of them in the wild. Uh, Laura Vinsel said, a lot of small Asian killback species and some of the South American colubrids. Uh, yeah, there's some cool ones. I, I see, uh, like, tiger... What did my dad say? Oh. I've seen... Uh, was it tiger rat snakes at several zoos? Um, and I guess some of the vine, there's some South American vine snakes that, that I, I see those at like shows for sale. But uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Crystal Ryle said Jamaican boas. Uh, that would be neat. Although then Corey Martin had to chime in and tell everybody that she owns them. We know Corey Martin. You've got them. They're amazing. I've seen them. But Jamaican boas are cool, especially Corey. Corey's got a pair of them that are the best red color I've seen on adults. Uh, they're a cool snake, and I may have to hit Corey up for a baby at some point. Uh, da, 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 going down, see Tony. Du- That's way too many R's in someone's name. Duerer, duer, 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 That's too many R's. Duerer. Anyways, Tony. Tony, I'm gonna need you to phonetically. Spell your last name for me and See, message it's not, it to us. I'm glad it wasn't just me. Because I'm too many R's. I need to know now. Too I'm, many like R's. I may that's gonna have to go on my list before my brain. So for anybody trying to it's D O E R R E R. It's too many R's. There's no there cannot be a reason to have an R in the middle. I'm wondering if it's like do or do or not do. There is no try. All right, Yoda. Uh Tony with the last name said on display in a zoo would be I'm going to pass this one up. Acrocordis javanicus. I ain't even trying. I don't know what that is. Why are you not oh, Googling shit, Katie? Because. No, I got to. I'll pull right. it up. Go back. You Googled. Hold on. There we go. Google that one. Uh, April says they have them in Memphis. Whatever they are, they're there. Um, and then Carl Collins says we have two on display that I've seen carrying Caring for the past four years. I'm guessing that's Memphis. It's an elephant trunk snake. Oh, okay. I've seen those on exhibit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've held one of those before at a reptile expo. It's a weird damn snake. Speaking of elephant trunk snakes, we will... That may be a file. We'll see. I think there's a weird one later on we're going to show that's on our... Their eyeballs are weird. They're they're an empty sock. Like, they should not... they're, They're weird. They're also a... Scaly you know what penis. I like seeing at zoos, and I wish we could see more of what different salamanders. I guess, but I yeah, I, I like I, I, salamanders. I'm pretty intrigued by salamanders too. You know, it, it just mostly you just got that eye or knack for it. Like if it does, if it does, if it's your thing, or if it does it for you, for a lot of people, it may, maybe no. It's, I know it's I like got aquatic lizards. That's what I love about them. Well, well that's why aquatic does to me. Like anything that's kind of semi-semi, you know, I love the, you know, water feature that. Well, there are two that I love seeing. I always love seeing hellbenders. 
Oh, any yeah. zoo. Our zoo has them. DC had them. Ton of them. Great Toledo, Toledo has them too. Toledo actually helps with the, um, you know, the breed and all that stuff. That's what DC yeah. had. DC had. You can see in there they had. I don't know, probably twenty of them in tanks off exhibit. Well, they're on exhibit, but off exhibit you can see the room. Um, yeah. And then obviously the other one that's worth seeing is if you can ever see a Japanese giant, which they did have a, a Japanese giant salamander at DC, but it was not big. Um, San Antonio used to have them, and they used to be really big um yeah my dad said i need to go searching for salamanders in the smokies my my uncle up in virginia says he knows where he can find hellbenders i need to go with him and catch a hellbender in the wild and try not to get bit because that seems like that would hurt like a <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> yeah things are like trash can mouse yeah i've gotten a really associate I've, I've gotten really associated lately of googling a lot of things that are outside my realm find out what species are now working at redline shipping i'm like golly uh jamie lee kozler said horny toads aka horned lizards uh used to catch them at her mom's house when they were little uh they are cool i would like to see them more little horned lizards uh danielle said solomon island ground boas i, I get it daniel you own them you want to see them in a zoo y'all gotta quit naming things y'all own okay stop it you own it you've seen it <laughs> that is not what this question was aimed at no but I mean, Solomon Island ground bows, Daniel. Just go to any expo and you'll find an imported sick one or an imported pregnant one on a table. You can take it home and get you 50 babies out of that thing that won't eat. Uh, they are cool. There are like, I, I love viper boas. I would love to see healthy viper boas at a zoo instead of sick ones I yeah. see at a show. Uh, our friend Megan said horn lizards as well. They are an awesome one. Uh, da, 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 da. And then there was a lot of talk about where they could see horn lizards. But. Uh, I would like to see mine's not. I don't have an exact species, but I would like to see more mixed species exhibits. I love large multi-species exhibits. Uh, you know, snakes and trees, tortoises roaming around on the bottom, some sort of lizards running around. It's funny you say that because that, the Toledo do, the Toledo Zoo actually does that. They cohabit in some of the reptile exhibits. They'll have some tortoises and some, you know, some random, like a, you know, some rattlesnake or something. They'll actually do that. And I'm like, man, like, it's just different, right? It makes you almost like search and look for what's yeah. in here. And it's just like seeing, you, you almost see it uh, almost like a natural environment ecosystem in a small display of like how they would actually act in the wild if they are like cohabitating, you know, which they are, you know? Yeah. I, I you know, and I've seen like our zoo has, uh, a timber rattlesnake, rat snake, and copperhead. They're all together in the same exhibit, which is a cool one. Or they have the one that's got like a little box turtle, collared lizard. I, I want to say Euromastix. There's like five different things. It's not a Euromastix, and I don't know why I keep wanting to say it. It's the it's stu- it's Chuckwalla. Chuckwallas. Um, There's like five different things in there. Yeah, it's a desert set up. We literally go easy once a month. Easy. I mean, we went to the Halloween thing three times. Yeah. We were there last night for the this year. We were there two yeah two nights, ago. two nights ago for Christmas lights, but we didn't look at animals then. But we're there all the time. I finally saw all five things in that exhibit after like a year of going to the zoo. I finally saw all five I just, things. I like the, the zoo I interned at in Alabama. They had a big mixed mixed uh, animals. They had a uh, big blood pythons and some tortoises and some monitor lizards that were hanging up in trees, and it was just a cool thing to see. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I've seen a, I've seen a lot of stuff at the zoo, so I, there's not like one thing I'll be like, man, I want to see that more. Now that I've seen Fiji Band of the Guanas, that was kind of one thing I hadn't seen. Uh, I just would like to see again more large scale enclosures that are mi- multi species enclosures. 
And I know they're all tricky because you got to do stuff that won't eat each other. And uh, well, let's say that one thing we saw at the DC Zoo this weekend, it had uh, the little, um, oh, what is it? The little day geckos, the, not the big ones, but the little day geckos. And some big, uh, I think a leaf tail, a big leaf tail. I and thought this, that thing was going to eat it. Yeah, this little day gecko was walking towards the leaf tail. And that leaf tail was just staring at it, and it would have been one bite and gone. <laughs> I, um, I don't yeah. know how many day geckos were in there prior to that. I don't know if he's the only one left, <laughs> but because uh, he was maybe three inches. Yeah, and that leaf tail max. That leaf tail was going to take him. He was just staring right at it as he walked yeah. towards him. But yeah, yeah. I mean, even at the um, I think it's the Akron Zoo, I believe. Yeah, the Akron Zoo and the Komodo and all the exhibits, like some of the bigger ones in the Amazon ones, they have you know the land portion, and then they'll. Yeah, they even got porcupines up there in oh, yeah. some of the ones. And then they got the Amazon, you know, all the turtles and fish and stuff like that. It's just it's just cool seeing that, you know, the natural ecosystem thing if you do if you do it right, you know, on a bigger scale. And you get to see all those animals interact with each other, so that's always kind of fun to watch as well. Uh, yeah. So I'm a big fan of mixed species done right. All right, so let's let's jump over to your education. Katie and I are both teachers, so education stuff is cool. And and Katie used to run education department at our zoo. And we've done several outreach programs here or there. So, I mean, I'm oh, you, you're wearing your today was our first zoology club meeting at our school. That's true. Nice. I have 31 kids that signed up and like made it so through. How, so, how do you? So how do you do that? Because actually, that's one thing I want to start implementing on a bigger scale. Because my wife actually teaches at my high school that I go, I, I went to. Um, she, she's a biology teacher. I'm a biology teacher my in high thing school. Is like a, yeah. And I'm like, you know what, how do I implement like some kind of program or something? Cause I want to get like almost a, a curriculum or something established where it, these, you know, on a bigger scale than just doing programs. Right. It's like, it's yeah. cool to do that, but like it needs to be on a consistent basis. So, see, I, I, there's not a whole, there's not a whole generation. You who, should. There's not a whole. What? I was going to talk about no, it's my what turn I'm doing. It's I'm tr- my turn. My plan. D- go ahead. I'm turn your microphone <laughs> off. Um, turn it back on. Okay. So I, I so my zoology <laughs> club is actually open for pre-K through fifth grade, but my pre-K kindergarten and first graders they don't stay after school to meet. But when we like, if we're planning a trip to the zoo on a Saturday, so they will be included in the group rate. So basically, families will be able to come to the zoo. I'll be there if they have questions about anything. I'm going to have a scavenger hunt for them to do. They'll get the group rate, that sort of stuff. So the littles get included in that um, as kind of fun stuff. And then our older kids actually create like activity books that they can give to these younger kids. Um, they Last year, we did a scavenger hunt where my fourth and fifth graders did research on an animal. They found a a stock photo online that they liked we printed the stock photo out and then they created a google slide for all the animals and we we taped the pictures of the animals around the school and the little kids had to go find them um so that's the kind of stuff we do we don't really have like a set curriculum but i'm also working with 11 year olds and younger so can i comment since and now you can talk about that okay so what I have plans for is I have uh, I got cages made for it, but I've got no cage. I've got a a room that's off of my room, but it back it lines up to the hallway. There's a big window, so a big viewing window. I'm gonna build it out with cages there and fill it with animals. And the plan is to basically turn it into a club. So the kids will come in the morning or the afternoon, do all the cleaning, watering, and feedings. 
uh, they'll be in charge of taking care of all the animals. I'll just be there for supervision. And so that is kind of the goal is to basically have this small zoo in the school that kids can walk in the hallway and see. So even kids that aren't part of it can walk by and see these animals every day and see what they're doing. But a small group of children will be a small group of kids will be able to come in and do the actual care, cage cleanings and, and set up cages the way they'd like to and, and prepare diets and all that kind of stuff. So that is my, my long-term plan. Okay. Got to get some cages made. That's, a, that's, that's actually pretty, um, that's, that's pretty, pretty awesome, especially from the initiative, you know, of, you know, you, you know, all the other kids get to see. So it's like, yeah. you're, you're able to let them be a part of it and spark any curiosity, you know, that they may have, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's the biggest thing, you know, I went to school for it, but like I could, I went to, I turned down a full ride to go to some, you know, prestigious school to pay for school to go for wildlife management because like, I'm like, I want to be hands-on, but like how many people actually know that intentionally know what they want to do with their life or, right. you know, until they're, unless an op- option is presented, you know, I've talked to the uh, the tech schools around here and was a guest speaker in, in the animal science vet department. And, you know, a lot of these kids, that's great outlet. But sometimes if that's the only outlet, then they're going to do it. And that's great. But, like, there's so many options when it comes to wildlife and conservation or zoological. There's so many options to where... Yeah, you can try your field on what, you know, get your feet wet in different avenues. If I, I did, I mean, I worked, you know, down in Florida to use Fish and Wildlife Service. I worked at you know, some of the sanctuary work. I did, you know, the zoological. I did, you know, I was an aquatic biologist down in Florida for the, you know, the region. Like, I've done it all to find out where I want to be now. But, you know, it's like, how many people get that opportunity, you know? to do that you yeah know? so man like we got to come up with some kind of like something you know for these kids to just get exposed to so you know, that's why i love the education realm so the application process at my school for my club is a little more lengthy than a typical i'm gonna sign up for this so my students even my second graders that that do this so like i have seven-year-olds that do this they have an application that they have to fill out. And depending on their grade level, it's it's gets a little more in depth the older they get. They have to have either their teacher or a family friend write a letter of recommendation explaining why they should get to participate. And they actually have to fill out a behavior form that their teacher from the previous year and the teacher from the current year has to do. And that was one of the first things I told them in our meeting today. I mean, I had 31 students crammed into my classroom that only has 22 desks. Um, I mean, like I had to borrow my coworkers computers just so we could sign on and do everything today. But I told them I the to first be notes because you got some good. I'm gonna, I'll email all you... of this to you because everything's on Google Forms and <laughs> well, you can just copy and edit. And Katie and I Cause, also because like you said, as much as you want to have everyone involved, really, it needs to be that small. Niche. So, yeah. So well, then they know. also have to write a letter explaining why they want to be a part of it. And then I have a committee of four other teachers on campus. I don't even go through all of this stuff, but those four teachers will go through all of these letters for me. I like, well, I know we dinner. originally talked and, and I know my plans are, I don't know if it's changed for you. It wasn't so much membership. Wasn't based on grades. No, it was mine based is not on, based on grades. it was based on behavior. Yes. Um, yeah. because I, you know, some kid may not have great grades and this may be a great chance for them to finally have a reason to come to school yes. and to get involved. Yeah. And they just oh, got to yeah. have good behavior. That's so all we you actually, do. So those four teachers, like I said, I, I like buy them lunch or dinner one day and they, they do this for me. It actually counts towards other stuff in the school that they're helping out with. So it, everybody wins. 
Um, but then they they based they have a rubric based off those recommendations. I take the top ones they recommend. I take you know I don't. And we had one who had already been by the time we got the applications, he'd already been written up and sent to the office. He constantly got in trouble in classes. And so what I did is I pulled my principal and I pulled that student and their parent and I made a conference. I don't even teach the kid. Like he's not even in my classes, but I set up a conference and I said, look, I said, you already don't qualify for this club, but this is what the teachers that read your application want me to do. They want you to be on probation between now and Christmas. And this was last month. If you don't get any more referrals to the office and you show better behavior over the next two months documented, then in January, you can come on a trial basis to see. And he, in just the last month, has already improved his behavior in class. He's not getting in trouble as much anymore. He hasn't been sent to the office. And it's because he knows and he like passes by my classroom every day to, to say hello and that's what I want. Well, it's it's like my dad said here in the chat. He said, just being exposed to someone like you all who are obsessed with the hobby slash profession is enough to get some kids involved. You should think about teachers that impacted you in high school. So for me specifically, he said it was Johnny Coleman, who was my bi- my ninth grade high school biology teacher. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, in 1995. 1990, 25 years ago? 1999. 25 years ago, James. <laughs> yeah. 25 years ago. Uh, but that, that person, I mean, I loved biology. He was super, he, he was a hippie, and he made everything very interesting, and he, and he enjoyed what he did, um, which is another reason why I, I want to do that. Look, I, I'm a hard-ass teacher. I know I am. Okay, I'm, I am mean by design. I, I feel kids need to learn how to deal with other people and deal with situations that don't make them happy because they have to do it. And so I am not the nicest teacher but most of my kids, after two years, once they're like juniors or seniors, they get it. Freshmen just don't get it. But this, I would like to do this because it gives me something that I can get them back to me later when they're older and involved. And yeah. and they can see that side of, you know, okay, I may be an asshole, but here's something cool this asshole likes. Yeah. So we can enjoy this together. If I well, the, big, one... well, the, the biggest thing is like, you, you know, you might seem like you're hard, but they sh- but it also shows that you care enough to yeah. be like that. Yeah. A lot of people, the kids appreciate that because they're just getting like slaps on the hands and yeah. pats on the backs. I don't yes. spoon no, 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 feed no, no. anybody anything. And I'm not your mama. I'm or even like you said, like, you. and even like you said, but you can be hard on the person and be like, hey, look, you don't qualify, but. It doesn't mean you're just going to disqualify them, like correct. For, like what people, what they they expect someone to write them off for the for the long haul, correct. rather than being like, hey, look, like you have an option here, and let them know, like we care. And that's actually and, what his mother these kids, said. These kids don't these kids don't see that people care enough, and they just write them off, and that's why they keep going down the same behavior route. Yeah, you know? so, we at the end of that conference, his mom asked him to go sit like in the lobby of the office. And she, she told us, she said, we've had people in the past who, okay, he's a bad kid. We're going to write him off. She said, and you're giving him an opportunity to change because there's something he wants. She was like, I can't, she's like, you're not even his teacher. You don't even teach his grade level. You're, you know, you're a club sponsor. And and so my principal was pretty excited. Like me, yeah. Yeah, and you're even talking about someone like me. Like I actually work with the lifetime mentorship program with the, the police department. So I go in there voluntarily and, and I got like I'm responsible for like two kids they think have a lot of potential. You know, sometimes they don't have the hunger, but like because I feel like these kids they just get especially you're talking about inner city, you know, I'm in the yeah. ghetto yeah. kind of area where 
these kids definitely don't have that and they get roading off instantly so it's like man dude like when they see someone cares on their on that base-to-base level you know i'm like look you can have your parents, you can have teacher influence, but having someone that's not being paid, that's coming here voluntarily showing that they care about you and that mm-hmm. still shows up, that's still trying to, you know, implement this kind of stuff. Then they're trying to see like, and, and especially with me, like it's, it's, it's special for me because like I, I, I do that because not no one else can do that unless they walk a quarter mile in their shoes. You know, you're talking about a hard life that these kids are living to where, I can't speak into these kids' life or expect them to even listen to me unless they think like, you know, unless I'm like real with them be like, Hey, look, I've been there, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I wasn't spoon fed either. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. <laughs> so I don't believe in participation trophies. Yeah. No. <laughs> One of the first things I tell my, my parents at the beginning of fourth grade I'm, or well, this, in every school year, I'm like, look, I don't believe in homework. So if your kid comes home with homework, it's because they didn't finish something in class. So figure out why they're not finishing their work in class. But also, I don't believe in participation trophies, so they've got to earn everything they get in my Well, class. I'm also, look, like I said, I, I'm, I'm, a, so I'm a jerk, but I'm a jerk to everyone equally. And I don't hold me being a jerk against your grade. Like, if you earned a grade, you earned a grade. I, didn't, I don't hold any of that against them. But I'm going to be tough. And I tell them all the time, like, I'll tell them the truth. Like, I have one kid who I honestly wish he was not in my class and was somewhere else. But... He has like a, a two in my class right now. And he's like, do you think I'm going to pass? I'm like, no, you're going to fail, dude. He's like, well, that's not nice. I'm like, you have a two. Like, that's how math works, man. I don't know what to tell you. You're going to be here again next year. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, you got a chance. No, sometimes they need to be told the truth because too many people will be like, you can do it. I'm like, no, sometimes they need to be told they need to work harder or they're being a turd. Stop being a turd. Like, that is a choice that you have made to be a turd. Um, yeah. So yeah. a lot of people, you know, aren't just the, the individualism isn't really encouraged. It's like, they just want to go with the crowd, you know? And it's like, man, like, you know, it, I see it all the time with my wife, man. My wife's like, oh, especially now with this next generation. That's why I feel like it's even more evident, you know, crucial now to infiltrate and try to just get to these kids heart because, you know, I don't see it as just like just any kid. I see it as like our next generation. And I'm like, like one kid, like you can, you guys can probably test like one guy, one kid, somebody, you know, was impactful in your life that you've seen, you know, that kind of just walk the walk and talk the talk. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, oh, I 100% can tell you exactly I just, who I it was to, for me. Too. I would say Uncle Mike from over at Mike's Monitor said, slap him with the truth. <laughs> I'll put that on a t-shirt. Slap him with school. the truth. I wonder, <laughs> wonder if my principal <laughs> allow me to wear that to school. I just want to. Sla- I just. just I just like want to slap children with the truth. I want to slap kids sometimes, but it's not necessarily. <laughs> but your so your wife teaches high school. She sees it. I, I don't think. I don't think. His wife is probably a kind-hearted teacher, though, not like you. Oh, she, she, no, no. So she's pretty hard, and she's like some young blonde, and like that. Like actually, all the teachers in my high school thought she was just going to kind of just get like trampled over and like she's actually she holds her own she's been there for two 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 years now that the kids respect the kids respect her more than any of the other teachers there right now you know and it's it's you know but she she deals with one hard ass she deals with another but i guarantee she deals with the whole like people just don't they don't understand how kids are today because you always get the kids have always been this like no 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 it is it is a different world now and the moment you tell someone the truth or tell them something they don't want to hear Oh my God, you're the worst human on earth. I'm like, dude, the things the teacher said to me when I was younger, 
like, you, I deserve most of it. And I understood it. I didn't be like, oh. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> one the thing is, you know, we at least had some discretion, you know, back in the day. It's like, you know, we had our phones on you. We were allowed to keep our phones. It's not, we'd maybe hide a text or something. Okay, like that's that, how I know like you're too young because like, we didn't have phones. <laughs> we didn't yeah. have phones in high school either. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pager. I had a pager at one point. Now, what a now I will say invention. it was like the how old kind of can I ask mobile, how old like you are? Pre, 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 it was like the prepaid phone. So it wasn't like a, I didn't have the Can I ask how old you are? How old am I? I know that's what I want. I'm going 28. I'm so I I thought one of our second grade teachers was straight up like 25 today, and she's a year younger than I am. I was like, I had you 10 years younger than you actually were. She's like, <laughs> you're my new best friend. <laughs> All right, so uh, how far off so am I? So I just turned 33. Would have okay. never. I wouldn't have guessed that though. I mean, I, it was I within, you were just under 30. I was within five years. I figured I would be okay. within five you're years. Not that much younger than us. <laughs> Only four or five years. <laughs> but yeah i mean and that's the, the education thing and i've alone because like another thing that kind of not only that it, i got a tail end of the education thing that really like sparked me back because you know if you work with a species for so long you can not say you get bored but it becomes monotonous right and it's a, a system to where i'm this actually revitalized and re-sparked my passion for reptiles because i'm getting the, i'm getting to keep reptiles that i never i have only, can only dream of having and owning but um now they're serving even a bigger purpose yeah. also on top of that and not, and not just keeping because i'm very particular on what i keep and what i get and what i bring in you know uh, because i invest so much time from an interaction education standpoint on every animal you know my animals i consider them my family to where you know my animals aren't just coming out conveniently to feed or clean or anything like that or even for me to handle like they're coming out with my family i'm bringing them out in the yard like we're getting interaction and all this kind of stuff to where they they get a lot of you know how often do you do enrichment. educational programs couple couple a week so it depends on the season. I mean, like during the summer is pretty dang, you know, booming almost every day, almost every other day. Um, then you got the fall festivals and, you know, and, you know, the, the trunk of tree Halloween's are huge. Oh, I mean, speaking I was of, talking, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But you did. Remind me to talk to you about math and science night. Way to bring up something that didn't need to be brought up right now. I, Good I, job. But I, I, I don't remember. Good. I'm sorry. Ed. Good job. No, you don't go apologize. It's, if it's fresh on your mind, you should right? apologize, Katie. That was inappropriate. I was asked. Also, about see, that see, today see, and I, I see. I knew he was going to do something like that, so I let him be the bad guy in this matter all the time. Also, <laughs> I didn't pay attention anymore. I was going to say he obviously told me about you like three times, and I was going to say Mike over Mike's monitor said his fifth grade teacher Pot Rose Peterson told him you're not going to have a calculator in your pocket, and jokes on him. Everyone does now. That is true, but they don't know how to use it. Oh, they God. don't know how to use it. Our daughter actually do downloaded um, like a graphing calculator app yeah. to help her because they get to use it on their tests in her class. Which is BS because some of those apps will just solve shit for you. Yeah, this one does not, though. Like, this is the app that the teacher approved. So I've seen some of those things where like they can take a picture of the math equation and it will just solve the math equation from a picture. I mean... Yeah, this AI stuff and you, all this other crazy stuff. You I'm trust like, your your student? Like he gave us the he he emailed me the test at the end of the day on Friday and was like, just tell her to turn it in when y'all oh, come he also back told from her the he funeral. Was, he also told her he wasn't going to hold it against her that she didn't know the stuff that she wasn't there to learn. 
I mean, like, who does that? I, this man is awesome. He's nicer than me because I'd have been like, tough shit. You should have learned it. No I don't know joke. what to tell you. This was <laughs> you the one that she like, did not want to have at the beginning of the year either. Yeah, he was nicer than me because I've, I've, I've straight up told kids when they've walked in to take a test, they'll miss the day of the test and they'll come in the next day. I'm like, all right, you have a test. But I wasn't here yesterday. I was like, I know. That's why you have it today. So our daughter is two <laughs> grades ahead on her math. So as a seventh grader, she's taking a freshman in high school math class. And that's, that's true. My dad said uh, the, the calculator, the TI, whatever, has cost more than the phones back no then. No joke. They were I told her we expensive. weren't buying her her own. She could just borrow yours. My TI 86 from. That still works. From 19 <laughs> or from 2000, I think, is when I got yes. it. It still works. Yeah. It's great. It does. I love that calculator. <laughs> oh. Uh, God, that's awesome. Sorry. So, I want to do. Uh, so every week we we run through some of the things overall. We have a discussion Facebook page, and I want to go ahead and pull that up. There were some interesting things that got put on there this week. So let me go ahead and pull that up on the screen so that Chris Eaton doesn't fuss at me for not having it up here. Uh, this first one Travis Wyman shared. It was someone posted that says, Can someone ID? It's a, it's a snake in a cage. It's obviously in a cage. They've already bought it. So, so can someone ID? I'm thinking it's a common green snake. Anyone know how to tell the difference between rough and smooth greens? Uh, yeah, probably, but that's not what this is. This is a vine snake, you dumbass. Like, don't buy, stop buying, stop going to an expo and going, that's pretty, and then taking it home. Don't do that. Because that's guaranteed what happens. But I just thought that was funny. Uh, Someone showing off their corn snakes that they produce. That's cool. Uh, oh, speaking of zoos. Um, oh, yeah. there you go. Let's see. Just listen to episode 17 where they are on about zoos. Yeah, way to go for listening to episode 17 from years ago at this point. Uh, go to Crocodiles of the World in UK and you can pay to feed a Komodo dragon. All right, now, now you're just paying to do their job. That's messed up. You're just paying. That's, they're like, oh, I can save time in the day and we can make money. You go feed this thing while I go clean poop somewhere else. This is what I wanted to show. Uh, okay, it uh, can't read whatever that's written in, but that is a no like way. a it's a really? leucistic, uh, trunk uh, elephant trunk snake. I don't even want to say what that looks like. I don't even... Yeah, I mean, yeah. elephant trunk snake. It looks like a penis. I saw they him all scrolling through and was like, "Whoa!" They all look like penises. They all look like penises. That's how they're designed. <laughs> Fleshy, limp penises. But Dude, you can like see like all the definition and mm-hmm. it's like head and everything. That's so weird. So like, yeah. strange. Look how thick that thing is. That thick, <laughs> super thick trunk. Anyways, that was really cool. It's a uh, leucistic trunk. Wow, snake. where is that at, man? Uh, I have no idea because let's see. Um, when I peel off, uh, yep. no clue. Got nothing. <laughs> but it's cool. We talked about them earlier, so I just want to bring it up there. Yeah. Uh, new breed of extremely venomous snake discovered in Australia. Why? Because why not? There wasn't enough shit in Australia to kill you. There's a new one. Oh, really? So that took long enough, huh? Enjoy this new snake in Australia that can kill you, along with all the other snakes in Australia, and ants, and spiders, and crocodiles, and great white sharks, and yeah. octopus, and everything else in Australia that wants you dead. For real. Um, oh, it's a little. It's a cartoon. Um, it's crocodile and alligator. It says, "See you later, alligator." After a while, crocodile, and then it says, Aww. "Sadly, the gharial gets no formal goodbye." That was funny. I read that one. <laughs> So, poor Ariel. I will. I will say. I want to almost take it back to where um, you said what was one of the coolest things seen in a zoo. I thought about it for an extra hot minute, and there was one thing else that I was like, I saw that I've never seen anywhere else. Um, that the Toledo Zoo actually had the uh, coral snake. 
Oh yeah, we uh we had them in in Alexandria, but like it was only for a little while because you could never get the damn thing to eat. So like if someone caught one, yeah, we yeah, could run. That, that is one thing they do. Yeah, they had trouble eating. Yeah, yeah. that's one thing they mentioned. This whole article. This I didn't. Jesus I didn't. Did you read this? Jesus. Just the the title here says National Park Service begs people to stop licking this psychedelic toad. Yeah. What? It's been there this whole time. What do you mean it's been there? I just realized I was sitting next to a snake. You're sitting next to three snakes. Yeah, I just realized that though. Like I've been here for an hour and forty five minutes. You knew I put them in here. And I, but I don't know why. I turned my head and was like, "Oh shit, there's a snake right there." There's like, three of them. Oh my god. They're in quarantine right there. Right. The psychedelic toad. I can't believe I interrupted that one. What the hell, people? Stop looking. Don't toads. put things in your mouth. Also, you're sitting next to three really awesome snakes. They are very cool. They are Calabar's burrowing boas, and they're freaking amazing. Thanks that's to the thing that got, us, that's what got us in trouble with the turtles with the four-inch logs, putting yeah. them in their mouth. Yeah. Don't put shit in your mouth. Don't put fingers in cages either. Oh yeah, <laughs> Katie was out for a day, <laughs> and a kid put a finger in the guinea pig cage and got bit. So I got a new kid <laughs> on a Friday, and then on Monday I woke up running a fever, so I couldn't. I got a fever. I couldn't go to school. And Only one cure for that fever is more cowbell. I get a text message from my coworker, and she's like, oh, by the way, the new kid put his finger in the guinea pig cage. She bit him hard enough that it drew blood and he needed a Band-Aid. And my first thought and my question was not, is he okay? But it was, what the fuck was he doing to my guinea pig? She doesn't bite yeah. anybody. And he had to poke her or something. Well, we talked about it the next day, and I made it very clear to him that I care more about my animals in my classroom than I do his finger. Oh. So he needs to make better. Choices I bet she sniffed life. his finger and then he poked her in the face. She said, "Oh yeah, bitch," yeah. and then bit it. Because I mean, I've oh, oh, I was so pissed. At least he wasn't licking toads. Uh, well, I can I can even attest to that. My kids know better. My kids always know: do not put your fingers down there. You know, not to say they won't usually yeah. bite, but you know, you got a little kid putting a finger. Sure enough, man, my, my four-year-old daughter, man, she luckily it was a male, so it was smaller, man. You and know, it wasn't the alligator snapping turtle. And, no, and <laughs> the little Diamondback Terrapin, the little boy, just then she went, started screaming, and he latched on. He was holding on tight, you know. We like, had a hey, Girl man, Scout that got bit by a sulcata tortoise one She was time. feeding the sulcata, and she just, like, zoned out, and it, as it ate its way up the <laughs> lettuce, we're like, drop it, drop it, right on the finger. Yeah. That was the first time I ever had to do first aid with my Girl Scouts that wasn't our own kid. It was kind of nice. What's so funny, it's funny with my educational programs, I always bring Rex, who Rex is my smallest alligator salmon turtle. He's about 70, 75 pounds. Um, And the first question is always, have you ever got bit? I'm like, all I got to do is... I'm like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I got all 10 fingers. I was no from this. I always one. love when people like talk about me being a zookeeper and they're like, well, did you ever get bit by venomous snakes? I'm like, no, I was good at my job. I don't know. What, I mean, <laughs> as long as you're good at your job, you're never in a position to get bit. Yeah. Um, Travis, why I posted this meme? It says, getting, it's a guy stretching. It says, getting ready to ask this group a question, knowing full well it's been asked 100,000 times, but I refuse to use the search feature made for this scenario, mm-hmm. which is every Facebook group. Uh, wonderful little eastern desert fat-tailed gecko. That's a cool-looking little gecko. Yeah. It, it looks it's like a it's, long body. Yeah, it's a really long body, and it looks almost constipated. Uh, that big old fat <laughs> he's tail. He's doing. He's doing the. He's doing the. Uh, cat cow kind of stretch, you know, up <laughs> the downward dog, you know. Dude, this is the the yoga lizard. It's a yoga gecko. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was awesome. Did you see this one, where the person made a jumping spider out of pumpkins and corn? 
No, that's even that more is terrifying amazing. than a real jumping spider. That's <laughs> even more terrifying than a dormant jumping spider. That is freaking awesome. Imagine that on someone's doorstep at Halloween. My God. This, that is so cool. We're totally doing that next year. I am not. You can. That is more effort than I have in me. Okay, maybe yeah. we'll just spray paint something instead. <laughs> that seems easy. My, one of my kids today, wicked, so I have a jumping spider. I have a regal jumping spider in my classroom, too. I have like eight different. I teach English, by the way. I don't even teach science. Um, <laughs> but one of my kids in zoology today, they were like, you have a jumping spider. I'm like, well, yeah. Why is it so small? Because it's a jumping that's the spider. Size they are. This was a, this was a second grader, so the kid was seven, and they were like, yeah. "I've never seen one up close before like this." I'm like, "He doesn't do much. He hangs out in his web unless <laughs> there's food." Like, yeah, it was just funny. funny. Yeah, Mike mentioned the <laughs> your what the fuck. Speaking of jumping spiders, <laughs> guess what's on Netflix? Yeah, I know. Calm down. Are you, do you so you don't like jumping spiders? You know, like spiders. I, I'm not against spiders. Oh. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. So Lucas, the jumping spider, who everyone should be aware of, it's the, the little cartoon. animated cartoon that like, like has a movie now on Netflix. Oh Move it on. Uh, Mike mentioned the <laughs> irukandji, the little jellyfish, little box jellyfish. That's the one in Australia that will kill you, along with the blue ring octopus and everything else that wants to kill you. Uh, going back to over here. Nathan posted a picture of a striped copperhead that was caught in Louisiana. I think I've seen that one actually from. That's cool. I think I saw it before. Yeah. I posted when it got caught, but that was from Louisiana. That's cool. Uh, what is this? Uh, oh, someone's cage build that. Uh, Robert, hundreds of small animals missing from humane society may have been fed to reptiles. Oh, that's kind of messed up. That is rough. That does not look good on us. Uh, oh, these have been floating around a lot lately. These uh, AI versions of Lego sets for yeah. realistic-looking reptiles. Yeah, <laughs> they are AI, everybody. They're not real. Don't, don't get your hopes up. Everything is still very blocky and not going to look like this. <laughs> I've seen it in so many places. That bearded dragon, keep, that bearded dragon keeps falling, floating around. Yes. yes, I've had a couple people like send it to me in a message. Um, bum, ba, dum, ba, da. oh, video of a mugger's crocodile catching a deer. This is pretty cool. I watched this one the other day. These uh, are antelope or deer or whatever they are. They walk down the watering hole. This mugger's crocodile, it's a watering hole where everything's dried up, and it has to bury itself down in the mud because there's not enough water to cover its body up. So it makes this a big wallow right at the edge of the water. I've seen that. And then, yeah, it's an awesome video. Go watch it. It got posted by two different people. It's on there twice. You can go see it. Uh, <laughs> I posted this. Uh, it's a guy saying, my toxic trait is I don't reply to messages. The woman says, my toxic trait is I never refuse a glass of wine. And the Komodo says, my toxic trait is venom that acts as an co- anticoagulant, ensuring my victims bleed out over a period of days. That, and I listen to Nickelback, which is I bullshit. Like Nickelback. I like Nickelback, and people need to quit making fun of them. Stop it. Nickelback is a good band. You're just upset they made tons of money. They can't be that bad if they made that much money. I say that. <laughs> I say that NSYNC still sucks. But Nickelback's good. So, uh, And then oh, Jason Moore posted this little guy. Look at this guy, Katie. Oh, oh yeah, I know. It's uh, awesome. Some sort of gecko. Does it say? I have no idea what kind of gecko it is, but the eyes on those, this thing. Those eyes look like. Oh. Yeah, they look like they're straight from the pit of. <laughs> it, it, it looks like. It look it almost like looks, the Lord of the like a Lord of yeah. the Rings yes. kind of thing, or like the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park. They just <laughs> focus in on you. But that was right. really cool. So that was the stuff that got shared over there on our page this week. So anybody wants to take a look at that? Uh, look, check excuse out. me, you what? missed one. What did I miss? You missed my post. Which one? Oh no! I disagree. 
Is it the one that from today that I just ignored? What? Do you even know what where post? Is it? What is it? It was the one where I said, "How do you know?" Oh when yeah, James ignored was- that. That's no. from today. I posted that <laughs> yesterday. Thank you very much. Not today. Well, I, well, I posted it when I put the questions yesterday. Yes, I was. It's it's a good post. Here it James. is. How do I know when James Lewis has posted I'm the question for the week? Very violent. When my Facebook you. alerts starts blowing up with responses, I really do love our listeners. There, I read your post. You are not fun tonight. You can fend for yourself for food. I have a car. I got money. No. No, you don't. We have a trip tomorrow. I guess you better go make dinner then after this. Uh, ramen. Speaking of, it is getting close to that time because I I'm, I have not eaten. It is getting late and we got to pack for our trip. I know. I totally have no idea where the last hour and 50 minutes went. Like Normally by this time I'm like, okay, I'm starving or I've got to go pee or something. Good. But like this was great yeah, conversation. It was. It was awesome. I, and plus, we're gonna talk about Dimebag terrapins, so it's never bad when you can talk about Dimebag terrapins. No, 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 never at all. No. Anytime you can talk no, turtles. Next time, next time, yeah, next time I have to bring some on to show you. So yes, yes. give you well, maybe Robert give you a little. Next yeah, yeah. How about like you know, in the spring when they wake up, and then we'll get some like I'll do a little video tour. Well, that'll tour. be fun. And next time we'll have <laughs> Robert here, and we can talk about uh, hunting because Robert is hunting. I don't, I don't hunt because. It's, it's an expensive hobby, and I already have enough expensive hobbies. But oh, yeah. Ro- Robert does, and so we can get into yeah. the other part of outdoors here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm tagged out for the season, so I'm good. I got my buck, and I'm, I'm pretty tagged out, so I'm good. I'm happy. I, I just want to go shoot a pig. Since I've moved to Texas, at some point, I'm going to shoot a pig. That is my goal. I did do that. I did that one time down in Florida when I lived down there, and I didn't shoot anything. I actually did it old school because that's how this kid did it, where he ran the dogs with GPS which was crazy. They're like, we got to go after my dog. I'm like, okay. And we started running and this dog's like a mile and a half away. I'm like, stop your dog from running. And no, it's bait up. It's bait up. Gets his dog, uh, this hog bait up. And he's in And I'm like, I got no crash course. He's just like, I'm just going with it. Right. <laughs> and he's like, he's like in the hogs, you know, bait up. And this thing charges him. He jumps out of the way. I'm like, what are you doing? And then it runs right past him. I grab the back of the legs just from instinct up and over and like lay on top of it. And he just looks at me like, I'm like, bro, what are you doing? And he's like, dude, I've never seen anyone do that first time. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what, what do you want me to do? I said, what do you want me to do? I said, you just moved out of the way of a charging, you know, and you talk tied him like, crash course huh i said and you know but no, what I'd, he does is i'd rather just shoot it from distance i don't want anywhere near it <laughs> they're stinky That's they're nasty crazy. but i'll tell you what man i was like bro like talk about an adrenaline rust like oh like my heart was like pounding and because he what he does is you know, he sometimes he castrates them and then he'll let them go, you know, so that's when they get massive. So um, I used so- to teach at a little country school and my kids would catch hogs and then cut the nuts off and let all the uh, testosterone work their way out of the hog and then kill it and eat it. Because apparently uh, the testosterone makes the meat taste bad. And so they wait for the testosterone to work its way out, kill it and eat it and it tastes better. Yeah. I was like, I'll take y'all's word for it. <laughs> my dad said that's yeah. why god created ar-15s yes <laughs> yes oh my gosh well yeah. ed if people want to get a hold of you for any reason at all what would be the best way for them to do that uh just kamar outdoors on everything you know i'm on ig i'm on facebook i'm on tiktok i try to be on tiktok just but uh 
you know, that and just also, you know, reach out to me at Kamara, hence the Kamara Outdoors. Um, personally, you know, I always love to reach out to people and connect with people on a personal level, not just on my page. So at Kamara also. So Yeah. And if you're not in Texas or one of the other states where you can't own really cool turtles, talk to them about yep. getting a Diamondback Terrapin because it's an awesome turtle. And like I said, I've taken care of them before. If you've ever had like a red yeah. ear slider, it's not a red ear slider. It's a million times better than that. Mm-hmm. That that and you know I don't think I hit it on it, but Diamondback Terrapins. The reason why I'm so you know I love them so much is that they're like a fingerprint. Not one is ever the same. Oh yeah, you can never re- you can never re- recreate that. So that's why after 13 years of working with them, producing them, I've never not fallen. I, I've just fallen more and more in love with them because they're right. all different and unique. You know. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of people. I, I always get this every single every year. It never fails. I always get people messaging me in the springtime for them, and I'm like, they they they're just waking up from brumation in March, <laughs> and you know, then you know, I usually they you know are going till my first clutches is no sooner than June, first of July. And then I even wait about two months plus um, to make sure that everyone was eating packed on solid growth before I even start to, you know, rehome them. We usually by end of August, September, and I don't, you know, usually by the time, you know, October rolls around, I'm usually sold out because I have a wait list. People are just contacting me, you know, left and right. And I just put them on a wait list because um, they're not, they're not going to go anywhere else. There's not many big places you can find yeah. them. So. Well, uh, you know, so that's one of the species I always tell folks, especially people that breed a uh, common stuff, like find you a species that's not that common because the great thing about the not common stuff usually is you don't tend to have them for a long time after you, they're ready to go. Like some people are sitting on like ball pythons for a year and a half, two years. I'm like, find you a species that's not that common. They sell pretty quick. So I imagine yeah. diamondback terrapins don't sit around a long time. Yeah. And, and the thing is, they only increase in value. So I have no problem holding anything back that doesn't sell as quick as I want because it doesn't matter because they're only going to increase in value. Yep. And I don't do I do not do it for the reason of selling them. I do it for the reason of just loving them. So I, I will always take, you know, responsibility for every animal I produce. So, awesome. So Reach out to them. Uh, don't forget about your VivTech bulbs. Oh, yeah. VivTech bulbs. Use code GUMBO22 for yeah. a good LED UVB yeah. bulb. Yeah. LSReptileRacks.com. Oh, sorry. <coughs> No, I was gonna say VivTech too, Ryan and uh, Erica. I'm uh, I'm on I'm on board with them too as a ambassador. So I I, I back you guys also up with yeah, that. So <laughs> I, love, I love Ryan and Erica. Their products, I will stand behind them. So they're amazing. We, uh, we won't be recording next week for Thanksgiving, but with all the the holiday things going on, if you are interested in getting one of the animal tracking bracelets and supporting the conservation stuff with Phalo. Um, I know I've talked about the bracelets Is before. It F-A-L. It's F-A-H-L-O. They just came out with a new conservation. They have gorilla gorillas, gorillas now. You can track your um, gorilla. You can track your own gorilla. All the money goes to whatever the animal I personally, conservation I personally like is. the sea turtle or the shark. Isn't it a shark? Yeah, they just because you can track those and they go long range. And it's yeah, cool. yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, so yeah. there's all kinds of really cool stuff those just came out with. Um, um, and then the giraffe hasn't been out for very long either. So now you have tons of options. Yep. And if you want to get a hold of us, oh, oh, it's oh, bedtime. Oh, bed lights have gone off. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, if I you want to get, I uh, said so the lights went off on me. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, it is the Reptile Gumbo Podcast at gmail.com or on Facebook it's or on Instagram. You didn't change the timer. Normally it's at 10 o'clock and there was a time change. I need to change the timer. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to. It is 10 o'clock here, but. Yeah. I want to throw out, go check out our, our uh, website again, 
our, our awesome, our awesome, awesome uh, listener Nathan has done an amazing job on our website. If you've wondered about any guests we've had on the hundred and now ninety-one episodes we've done, he's got the whole rundown of every guest, their name, where they're from, and what episode they are on. So go check that out. Um, nice. Got all of our sponsors on there. I'm gonna talk with him. I'm gonna get our our store linked to it. So if you want a shirt or anything, you that. Hey, like somebody listening is from Louisiana. Cool, cool. Um, so yeah, go check out our website, thereptilegumbopodcast.com. Uh, it's an amazing place. Yeah, Ed, stick around for a minute. Yep, stick around while we go. Everybody else, we will see y'all in two weeks. Happy with Thanksgiving. Someone, I'll figure it out in two weeks who we're gonna have on. <clears throat> but good night. Mm-hmm.